Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wait. Are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Keep your table sounding like this with Cheerios Oat Crunch. <laughs> it's breakfast bliss that the whole family can enjoy with energy from whole grains to help keep you going along with four unique flavors, cinnamon, berry, almond, and oats and honey. So next breakfast, remember, a little crunch goes a long way. Learn more and shop for Cheerios Oat Crunch at Cheerios.com. 24 grams to 30 grams whole grain per serving, at least 48 grams recommended daily. Well, I didn't expect New Year money here. Hello and welcome to the very last episode of CORE for the year 2022. So you had to finish that sentence quickly so people didn't freak the F out that we were ending the show. We're not doing that. Yeah. Well, we didn't. The, the traditional way you end a show is you go, guys... We're going to have a big announcement at the end of the episode. Yeah, stick uh, around. Just, you know, there's mm-hmm. some news. Stick around. We're going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And then you do a normal show as if nothing's happening, and then you get to the end and you go, well. Yeah. And you drop you the bomb. Yeah, you drop yeah. the bomb. Then and then they're not, they're, no matter what, they're not happy, but they might be a little more ready, you know? Yeah. Because you talked to them. But that's not today. Today is all about, hey, what did we think of 2022? And uh, I'll have to admit, I had a kind of a few coming to Jesus moments about my year in gaming that I didn't really realize in real time, but in retrospect, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll talk about it. <coughs> Excuse me. In addition to that, we have all kinds of other stuff to talk about, including our top favorites, uh, some weird categories like John's uh, wallet killer of 2022. You'll be surprised what that one is. Um, I had one that uh, my best game I didn't play yet, for example, which is probably not going to be a surprise to anybody. And then our top three of the year we may even argue about what is the best and we have some of your questions about you know games we played this year and what we thought and what we did so it's a huge thing today and it's all about end of year all right so we're going to celebrate 2022 the way it was meant to and that's by doing a show before we get to any of that though i want you guys to win something or at least have a chance to win something and by that i mean i want you to go to uh, frogpants.com slash doghouse because here's the deal 
<coughs> I don't know why I'm coughing. Here's the deal. You could win a gaming rig worth 4,000 freaking dollars. That's a lot of U.S. dollars. Uh, wow. Core, has, Core has teamed up with Doghouse Systems and Intel for this. Big thanks to both of them uh, for making this happen. I'll put up the screen for those watching live. And that's the wrong screen. There it is. Uh, this is the Doghouse Systems Armor TL model. Uh, there are some some customized tweaks to it, which you can read all about those specific specs uh, in there. And uh, you got a blazing GPU, CPU, and all the other stuff you want. Tons of storage. It's a freaking beast. And all you got to do is sign up if you want to win. There's only two restrictions. One, you got to live in the U.S. or Canada. Sorry, everywhere else. It's like two grand to ship to anyone else. To anywhere else. So kind of not worth it for the for the whole thing. Uh, they're already spending four grand uh, for free on you. They're not going to do shipping. So anyway, there's uh, it's for Canadians and it's for uh, U.S. residents. And uh, the other rule is don't enter twice. It will disqualify you. Uh, there are already almost 3,000 people signed up just from mentions on social media. And uh, if you if you want your chance to be a real one, you, you want to do it once, uh, not multiple times, and try to game the system. Uh, all the details are there. There's quick little information about it. When you go there, uh, fill out the info. We're not None of this is data to keep or anything weird. It's all secure. Uh, the website is secure. And uh, it's awesome. And I want one of you to win it. All right. So get in there, make that happen and be the winner of this amazing machine. And here's the other cool thing about it. Uh, and again, that's frogpants.com slash doghouse. Here's what's cool. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., I'll be hosting a live stream from Doghouse Systems Central. They're going to be building this machine live on stream. This exact Whoa. machine. Yep. And during that uh, time... You'll get to not only see them build it and I mean, ask questions. We'll kind of, you know, talk about what it takes to build a machine like this in today's world and what's different than it used to be and all that sort of fun stuff. But also we're going to give away a bunch of prizes that include a bunch of physical stuff, including some hard drives, like a one terabyte SATA uh, Samsung drive that I would love to add to my collection because I don't have enough room these days. Anyway, a bunch of hard drive stuff, some sticker packs, uh, Rock Runners edition or editions of the Rock Runners card game. And a ton of video game codes uh, for Steam. So a whole crap ton of Steam codes. And uh, possibly more by them. But that'll be tomorrow morning right here at twitch.tv slash frogpants. And we will uh, do the whole thing at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. That's 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, 10 a, uh, yeah, 10 a.m. Central. This is easy. And 11 a.m. Eastern. Tomorrow, um, Friday? Friday. Friday morning. Uh, so if you want to come watch that, do. And then... Uh, but even if you miss it, it's okay because you want to just make sure you sign up. That's the main thing. The following Thursday, when we do core one week, one Earth week from tonight, at the end of that show, we will announce the winner of this massive gaming rig. Okay. Right. So I feel it, we talked about this in the pre-show, but I feel it's important to disclose that Crofton has entered this competition, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd really like him not to win. So yeah. you should you should apply. Bo's if friend hate, hate hate participate. Yeah, Bo's friend Crofton. Let me see if I can find his entry. Uh, <laughs> Just delete it. Yeah, there it is. Crofton. We want it, it hurts more if he has the chance. I had a little. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little feel in there that says, "Why? What would you do with this machine?" You want to know? Yeah. What he wrote. He wrote, "I would rub it in Bo's face every day for the rest of our lives." That's what he wrote. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he would. Yeah. 
we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, tons of you are already in there. I'd love to see all of you in there. So please do sign up. Uh, second thing I want to talk about today before we start getting to our big rundowns for the year is John Tazarek, an amazing part of our community and has been around for a long time around the Fog Pants community. Um, if you follow him on Twitter or follow us on Twitter, you've seen a few posts uh, about this uh, in the past. But, you know, a while back, he made some like fake mock-ups of, of uh, what, a, what a core magazine might look like. Uh, kind of like, you know, the, the old school stuff you might get from uh, Next Generation or something. It was that kind of quality. And we all lost our minds and thought, well, that's amazing. Wouldn't it be cool if this was real? Well, it's realer more now than ever. Um, he has a completed issue that is viewable in its entirety. I'm showing it up on the screen right now, but basically it is uh, the big yellow issue with the black logo. The one that deals with cyberpunk is the one he went with. And it is chock full of core references, core quotes, fake ads that are based around the things we talked about. You know, like I, I wouldn't shut up for years about uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker. So there's an ad in there that says 10 out of 10, uh, Scott Johnson from Frog Pants. And then it's basically an ad like you're, you might have seen back in those days. He went through the trouble of making like full table of contents stuff. Um we all have and little it's 46 sections. pages. It's not like I did 10 pages just to see what it would look like. It's legit a magazine. It's yeah. the full content. It's a full deal. And we are we are endeavoring to get this made into a printed form at the very least for the three of us, if not maybe yeah. for more. Yeah. Um we just, you know, we don't Selfishly know yet. Selfishly for us and then possibly we'll see what we can do from there. Yeah, it's really great. And we cover everything from like here's a return to Monkey Island review that is uh, you know, basically John's thoughts on the game, Guild Wars 2, what I was talking about with that interview with a protoss were <laughs> excerpts of that time that bows artanis in the uh vr chat we and should, i we talked should to talk him. to artanis again that was a real hit we should do nah, that again we're soon. good and look at this the complete core bathroom etiquette guide amazing there's a whole you thing go about in a lake yep you can go in a shower you can go in a pipe yep it's all there's here a lot to learn from that yep it's all here all three of us that's got why big... it's called the complete core bathroom guy. <laughs> yeah there's a big uh there's a steam deck ad in here let's see what else uh a whole bunch of reviews some more stuff scott steam deck first impressions he loves it diablo immortal talk robocop rogue city john each of us got like a streamer uh ad for our streaming pages which is pretty cool and then my favorite thing if i can find it uh let's see here uh i like the bow zone Check out Bo. Look at that. All f- uh, fingers up. Peace, peace out. Bo, Bo. Yep. Our little sections are great. Yep. Uh, Gamer oh, Grandma. Gamer. This is per- personally my favorite <laughs> Photoshop <laughs> in here <laughs> where we have some quotes from Gamer Grandma. Um, it's yeah. all just fantastic. There's a giant snap ad on the back. Uh, anyway, we, we've made it public on Twitter. Go check it out. If you haven't seen it, you need to. It's amazing. And we'll let you know more if something else comes of that. But John, you're, it's you're a It's beautiful, Taz. It is beautiful. Yeah. He did an incredible Taz job. The man. He's it's like legit. It's like it's not just a parody. I mean, it's full of parody information at the moment. But that guy could run a magazine. Yeah. Like if we ever do this, he's on this, he's on staff. There's no question about it. He's like he's dude number one. Anyway, there's all that. Shall we dive into this week's massive discussion about 2022 and its video games? I don't know how massive we it would be. We'll find out. Well, let's do it then. All right. We did this in some categories. I think John did, um, in particular, did a pretty good job of figuring out how we wanted to uh, structure this with some tweaks and stuff here from Bo. I, I just kind of said, yes, please. This looks great. So 
uh, we are going to get right into it and start with my list. Okay. Um, I think I have a little music for this in the background. Like uh, have a little bit of the the Wii Sport. No, when in DSI shop. Here we go. How about a little bit of this? Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah just have a little background, you know, a little something. Yeah. Uh, I like it. These are just some of the categories that we each chose, kind of made up our own. Some are similar anyway, but these are the things for the year that we were sort of big on uh, or or disappointed in. The most surprising games of 2022 for me. Wait, this some this of this is, is Scott. Good. This is your list, Scott. This is yeah, my these list. These are yeah. all Scott's list. Yeah, so these are all things Scott's bringing to the. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have our own section. Of we're going to have our own Scott. segments. Exactly. Everybody's got their own thing. And thank you for crossing that out because I put it twice and I didn't mean to. Uh, for me, I wanted to start with the most surprising games of 2022, and there are three of them that surprised me. Uh, one of them, well, two of them very recently, and one not that long ago either, I guess. But uh, most surprising games for me were, to start with, World of Warcraft Dragonflight. I fully expected not to play WoW this time around. I thought this would be the first expansion I fully avoided, and I did for three weeks. Man, um, you wrote it off. You were like, no, not interested. Yeah, I'm just not going to do it. And I kept using examples of things that I thought were not great about it. Like, I was already a little sour going into it. I was really bored and tired and kind of burned out on the game in general. Uh, plus, I thought the cinematics for the new game just didn't seem very cool. They seemed cool technically, but they weren't really telling me a cool story. It didn't feel like. It just felt like a lot of, I don't know, just fluff for fluff reasons. Especially the launch uh, cinematic with them racing in the sky on those on those dragons it's just it's cool but it just didn't do it for me the way their previous work had and so i kept using those things as like other reasons why it's like well that's definitely not doing it for me so i'm i feel even better about not diving in but a little thing happened um <laughs> the, the news dropped that chris metz your was friend gonna, asked you to play <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of what happened so metzen returned to blizzard uh, as a creative consultant on wow and he also told me directly and personally that hey this is the best this game's been in a very long time and he he was hesitant to say since legion because that sounds like self-aggrandizing because he was you know all up in there with legion um but that's basically what he said and i thought all right fine you know what i'll just bite this bullet and just we'll give it a shot we'll do the first 10 levels we'll we'll that's always a decent time and wow we'll see how this goes and i'm it's early yet you know we're early in the end game phase of a game like this you know, if you've just finished leveling to, to cap and you've finished the major part of the campaign and all that. But I feel pretty safe in saying this is the best WoW has been since Legion. Um, it may supersede Legion for me. Uh, at least right now, it's feeling that way. I feel like this game is is in so much better shape than it was. It really does make me think that for the last two expansions, they were just sitting around uh, working on this and just pooping out standard shit for the other two expansions in a row. It really feels this way to me because this is so far and beyond better in so many ways. And I could talk about it all day and I won't because we don't want to have a nine-hour show, but... We can always do it next week. I am, I am curious. The things, the statements you're making provoke questions. Well, good. I'm glad. We have a lot to get through. Yeah, I agree. So I'm not going to get into that too much, but I just wanted to say that I thought that was a huge surprise this year and... I kind of all back in on it, and it's kind of all I've played for the last two weeks. So, well, Dragonflight, it's awesome. Uh, also, the other one that surprised me, and I and I was uh, I hadn't like decided I wasn't going to like it ahead of time or anything, but it was John's early review of it, 
his first impressions of it that pushed me to actually try it. And I ended up loving High on Life. I think High on Life is a rad game. It is. It's the only game, I don't know, in years that made me actually laugh. That's hard in games. And for whatever reason, it works here. Um, I think John was right when he said if you're not a Rick and Morty fan, you might avoid it because High on Life is basically a Rick and Morty spinoff. Um, but if you like that sense of humor, if you like Justin Roiland's other work, you're probably going to like this. And I do. And I laughed a lot at High on Life and didn't expect to. And I also think it's a, I, it's a, just a capable overall experience. Um, it's true. It is not the greatest shooter you're ever going to play. Um, but it might be the best shooter that also incorporates humor into it that I've ever played. Yeah. Can't think of a better it's one. It's the only shooter I've played where a really, really bad movie was playing on a television and I spent an obscene amount of time watching a movie within a video game. Yeah. Did you know? So there's a poster in your house yeah. for a show called Tammy and the T-Rex or yep. something like that. It's apparently a real thing, right? They. It is a real movie yeah. with Denise Richards and uh, I, I think Paul Walker's else. in it. Paul Walker, right. Um, yep. And... Uh, there's a poster for it, and I just thought it was—I just thought it was a silly thing. And then I noticed the movie playing on the TV in my house, and it was just—it seemed to be an actual movie. <laughs> and I went and I sat and I watched so much of this movie, Scott. <laughs> so much of it. I watched a bunch as well. I didn't watch. They got the licensing for this. They must yes, have. They had to license the movie for it. Because I, I, I went and looked it up because I was like, is this a real movie? What's going on? Yeah. They're projecting uh, yeah. it on the wall. This alien guy that you hook up with is in there just watching it over and over. I guess your sister is too for a lot of the game, but it's a weird, it's weird. I didn't even know it existed. Never even heard of this film. And yeah. at first I thought they were faking it, but nope. It's, it's a real about deal. a person's brain getting put into the body of a T-Rex. Yeah. And... Uh, I just got, there were scenes of this T-Rex longingly (laughs) handing a woman flowers and, like, stroking her head. Yeah. Even though his arms shouldn't even be able to reach that far, which really bugged me. But, like, I I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. It was was captivating. It's super weird in that regard. Yes, Bo? I've never heard of this movie either. It seems so weird. Isn't it weird? I mean, it feels like film sack material at some point, but I... I've never, I didn't know it existed. I assume it's like late nineties, mid nineties, somewhere around the time Denise Richards was doing like, uh, what was the one with the aliens? Uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah. Starship Troopers. I think this is like pre even that. Really? Wow. Yeah. She's, she's pretty young in it. Well, it's, uh, (laughs) it's a weird game and it succeeds pretty wildly at that part of it. Uh, the weirdness and the humor and tying that all together, and it's a decent shooter to the point that I I don't think that it would have been a it would have been a harder game to play had the shooting not been competent. Um, and it is at least that. And I think the traversal stuff later is actually really interesting. So high on life makes number two on my list. Number three, or in this case, I think the number one surprise. I don't know. I'm torn between this and WoW in terms of surprise, but I really liked Against the Storm, which I talked about as a a small indie city builder that came to steam that had roguelike elements. And everybody heard me say that and said, what a city builder with roguelike elements. How does that even work? It works in against the storm. I don't know how to describe this game other than to say it will just change the way you think about city building or at the very least what it will do is it will harness for some of you, not all of you, but for some of you it will harness what you'd like about city builders and didn't know. For example, 
there's a certain phase at, uh, of building your city that is the most satisfying. And it's not always the long haul of, well, I'm still tweaking things out and adding a little extra here. It's there's like this initial stuff where the city's really growing. A big new building that really matters just went in. And now my citizens can do this. And I've added eight more people since I put it up. And that kind of the meat of a city builder is what they give you in a rinse and repeat kind of way. But it doesn't feel somehow they made it not feel bad to lose your previous city to move on to the next round. It feels okay because you're still you know that your next game is going to be the parts you like anyway. And you'll get to do those again. And somehow it just works. It's still in early access. So this technically isn't totally out yet. But it did release in early access in 2022. And I thought it was just a weird, warm, hot surprise. I like that game a lot. It's very cool. Love warm, hot surprises. Right? That's right. <laughs> well, I bought it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I bought it on the You convinced me to buy it. Yeah. yeah, you guys both got it and haven't haven't cracked it yet, eh? I haven't played it yet. Well, nope. look, I did that to Midnight Suns. You did it to a city game, a city builder. Uh, oh, you bought Midnight Suns. Oh yeah, I paid for that damn thing. I just haven't started. <laughs> I still haven't. Uh, which brings me to my next category: best game I didn't play yet. I put yet in there because that's important. I will play it. Uh, Marvel Midnight Suns for me. I feel like I've heard this one before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you probably have. Also, I've I've, probably said this one before. <laughs> I probably would have put God of War Ragnarok on this list had Marvel Midnight Suns not been so prominent here on the show. But I, uh, I, I just I, I don't know why it's so, something's held me back and I haven't played it. But I'm gonna. I paid for it. I may as well. You know what I think? Maybe my brain is partly waiting for them to 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 have full Steam Deck thumbs up on it, uh, which they yeah. said they're doing. It will be a good. Steam Deck game, yeah, for sure. yeah. I want to play uh, this in bed. That's what I want to do. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. Before you move on from this one, I just as a little sidebar, did, did any? Well, so I already have Death Stranding. Did either of you pick up free Death Stranding? I did. Grabbed I it did, on, even um, though I already owned it. Oh, you did. I yeah. didn't own it. I had it on Game Pass, of course. But the Epic had it for sale for a day for one of their. Oh, I forgot to check what today's was. Was it any good? Does anyone know? I don't know. I've been forgetting to check. Crap. I, I feel like yeah. in general they haven't been very good. But. Well, either that or there was stuff they gave away last year, which I already had. So it was a lot of repeat stuff. But yeah, they gave away Death Stranding, and that that day I absolutely did it. And they they got uh, their servers got smushed that day. That was a very popular free game, I guess. Um. So yeah, now I have it. Now I really oh, have. Oh, no all right. Today's not bad. What is it? Dishonored Definitive Edition. Oh. Okay. And then something called the. Eximius sees the Frontline Season 3 Breakthrough. What the frick? I don't, I don't, know, what I don't know what that is. All right. But Might Dishonored's good. Dishonored is very good. Dishonored 2 is better, though. <laughs> it and is. The, yeah. And these are all Game Pass games. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I mean, you take what you can get. It's fine. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I tried to like, like Dishonored yeah, 1. Yeah, nice move, Epic, but you know the second one's a better one. Yeah, the first one's fine, but it looks like a 360 game, and two looks yeah, like a proper I, I mean i get it for yeah, sure for sure good. so has anyone one of us booted up the death stranding executable <laughs> no, yet no yeah i did oh you did oh, okay. All right. yeah i don't remember, remember. I, pl- I i'm just it. i'm just asking because of this category i don't have this as a category but i'm like death stranding is probably top of my list if i were to have this yeah well yeah, I, mean, I played a little bit of it I, I talked about it i think a week or two ago something like that it wouldn't count yeah, anyway because yeah. it didn't come out this year right like it's things like 
what, 2019, 2018 when it came out? Yeah, it's a couple years old. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, but yeah, it might be it might be a game I finally crack this year and then go, oh, I get it now. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll be into it. I don't know. Well, I kind of stuff coming in 2023. Like that's cards real full. Yeah, no kidding. Including another Death Stranding, I think. Isn't that sequel next year? Or is it 2024? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. If there's a movie now. Oh, yeah. I don't want to see that. I kind of want to see what. <laughs> I, I want to finally see what does a movie with Kojima involved look like? I feel like he you know? want that's what he wants to do when I watch his like he directs his own trailers. I'm like, do you want to just make movies? Like you can do that, you know. <laughs> if yeah. you just want to make films, like just, that's an option for you. Yeah, because the way he anyway. I just need him to be just as weird though. He needs to be super weird with his yeah. filmmaking. Yeah. I'm sure to I'm yes, please. Don't don't do anything else. He seemed he I know he makes p- games people like. He seems like he's in the wrong profession to me sometimes. Mm. I'm like just make movies. Maybe at this stage, yeah. Like prior to this, you could see the game trajectory, but maybe now it's time. It's like, no, cut your cut your cord. Get get a deal with Amazon Prime or somebody or whoever. Whoever's doing all the genre stuff. Seems like Prime lately is the place to go. And get a series done or something, or a one-off film or something. It's America. He could also whoever makes movies in Japan could. I'm sure, they'd hook That's them true. Up, you know? That's true. Right. Um, even better because I want weird translation. I want like bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like with American investors, it'd be like, well, we need to know more about who's the lady the protagonist likes. It's like, this is a Hideo Kojima joint. Like, don't ask questions like that. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather, I think it'd be, I don't know. You would worry about stuff like that, I guess. You know? What if he made, what if all he made was a two hour CGI porn movie with that quiet character from Metal Gear 5. What if he did that? I mean, I'd watch it, but I'd pretend like I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch it and I'd admit it. And, you know, but it, it's up for debate whether or not it would be porn. I think there would be a lot of people defending it as having deep meaning and might be reading too deeply. Because it's Kojima, yeah. Yeah. She Into just it. needed to breathe extra hard. That's yeah. all. <laughs> right. I mean, she's really quiet, though. That's her name. Mm-hmm. She didn't say shit. That girl. Well, she's quiet, but she's also like you put her on your squad. She is humming nonstop. Oh yeah. It took me a long time to figure out what it was. I thought it was ambience. I thought it was like, you know how a lot of anime has like cicadas in the background. Sure. You just hear cicadas all the time. Yeah. Well, when I played Metal Gear Solid Five, I just thought like, well, I don't know, maybe there's a weird cicada-like bug in this country that just makes a weird like mm, sound. Yeah. And then I found out that it's if you have quiet on your team, which I always did because I liked having a sniper to help. Yeah. She hums constantly. Yeah, always she's humming. She's always humming. Yeah. She never stops. She's never quiet. No. She's for a lady called quiet. She sure likes to not be quiet when yeah, you need her to. This is taken out of context. It's super misogynistic. <laughs> I know, right? The lady on the t- team and she never shuts yeah, up. Yeah, shut up, lady. Talking. I just think it's ironic that her name is quiet and she's not quiet. But she yeah. is lovely. And she's based on some real lady. We talked about all that, I think. It's yeah. art. Anyway, um, moving should, on. He should have named her art. Yeah, should have. Art. All right. This year, I am actually going to call out a category. I wish I would have done this last year. And that is this. If I can find, I think I made even a thing for it. Where is it? Uh, here. Work harder. This was my chore core game of the year. All right. The Hell game, yeah. It's the, like the giving category for you every year. And that's it's right. the one I'm always most excited for. That's right. In 2021, it was it was easily, if I'd had this category <clears throat> last year, I would have picked uh, hard, 
or uh, hard space shipbreaker easily without any question. That would have been it. This year was a little trickier, um, and it ended up being one that was released this year, but I technically played in 2021 when it was in early access, and that is Power Wash Simulator, currently available <laughs> on everything. That game is a zen experience. Um, if you just need to chill out, put a movie on in the background or some TV show, sit on your butt and spray down horrible rusted old buildings and cars and stuff and junk uh, and try to get every little speck and, uh, you know, clear clear the level by cleaning everything and buying new different kinds of soaps and new kind of pressure heads and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was the best of those this year uh, by far. The, uh, the work as gameplay uh, genre, I think, was kind of owned by Power Wash Simulator for me anyway. And I think a lot of people felt that way. It was, it was a really good damn one of those. Um, but I would give close second and third place to Electrician Simulator and Toy Tinker Sim. The problem with these two games, Electrician Simulator was best when I was like tweaking electrical devices and messing with like fixing old game controllers and televisions and toasters and stuff. But when they go- make me go to somebody's house and rewire the all of the electricity in the house and stuff, I hated that. Didn't enjoy that. That just seemed that seemed like too much work. Uh, Toy Tinker Sim was a little bit of the opposite. It was almost too simple. But also pretty good in its own way. You took old toys and refurbed them and then resold them. Uh, and I thought that was pretty fun. So, yeah, my best chore core game of the year, Power Wash Simulator. And if you haven't played it and you have Game Pass, it's on there on console and PC. So no reason not to check out that game. And then uh, my final category was genre that made me buy a million of them, which is to say like 12 of them. It's not really a million. Uh, the vampire survivor genre, whatever that's called. What are we calling that? Vam. Sur- uh, I think vampire survivor likes right now. Okay, is what we're calling it. Is that what it's we're not calling a it? Great name. It but- yeah, it's hard because survival is a genre, right? So yeah. right. they call them survival. I mean, I guess you could call them survivors likes, but that just sounds weird. It seems hard to say. Yeah, I like it. Survivors likes. It's not it's bad. Not bad. It still feels like you're. You could be talking about Valhalla or um, not Valhalla. Uh, Valheim or something like that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Somebody, I read one somewhere. Someone said, uh, t- um, oh, how do they put it? Mm. Shoot. This is like some is kind that of, what they called it. They just called it shoot. No, it was, a it was like a, sh- it was like a massive, massive s- shoot em up freaking horde mode. It's some kind, I forgot. Somebody had it. I heard this the other uh, day. Cheserat said it. Reverse di- bullet hell. Reverse. Reverse bullet you, hell. That's interesting. You are the you are the bullet hell. Okay, that's interesting. I can go with that. Well, anyway, that genre. What's hilarious because the game that inspired it all is the one I played the least of all of them. I still played it, but I didn't play a ton of Vampire Survivors. What I played though was a ton of other games that took ideas from it and built on them. And uh, I like them all. I like them all, including Vampire Survivors. Even the phone game, which annoys me with its, uh, oh, you died. You want to revive with watching an ad? I freaking hate that. Um, that but, has that vampire yeah. survival. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally does. In the in the on the phone, it does. Um, but there's no, it doesn't ever break up gameplay with ads or any of that. It's only when you die. So you could go for twenty minutes and then die and then decide. Well, I want to revive. I I don't usually because a I don't want to look at a phone ad, but b it does feel antithetical to the spirit of that game. Yeah. Which is go until you're dead. And then when you're dead, sorry, you're dead. 
I don't think reviving is a good idea. But. It's a cheat because the baseline game, the way it got popular, didn't have ads. Mm-hmm. Unless it has ads now. I don't hope not. No, I don't think so. But without it, I wouldn't have discovered all these other, these weird offshoots that are sometimes a lot like it, sometimes just taking a, a couple of ideas from it. But everything between, you know, Brotato and uh, oh, the outer space one whose name just slipped my mind. Um, Soulstone Survivors, all those, I I've really enjoyed them, uh, and I'm I still play them, and I and they've all turned out to be, including Vampire Survivors, have turned out to be excellent reasons to just have a Steam Deck in your life. Which to, um, which, which uh, Steam Deck Joy-Con did you break? Uh, the the uh, one on well, it's fixed now, but the one on the right. So, but how? Because pro- you were mostly playing games that used the left one. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I draw. No, like they, you wore it out, right? <laughs> no, I like, thought I thought I told you guys this. So what happened is somebody yanked on the cord. I don't think it was me. Maybe it was. The Steam Deck fell off of the side of my bed and uh, caught that stick on the bed frame and pulled it out and and basically it wedged it and jammed it. Casualty accident, casualty. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we ever talked about how it got there. I think we all just assumed you gamered too hard. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, no, in fact, tense occurred and you ripped it out of its socket. That's but, what's yeah. funny is I didn't even know it happened until I was playing another game that required that stick. Mm. And I reached up with my thumb and I went, what the frick? What am I touching? Oh, my gosh. The thing's all out of its socket. It's all left up. It was like finding out your eyes hanging out or something. It was really weird. Uh, but as I've mentioned in previous shows, Valve was very nice and took care of me. Thanks, Valve. Uh, that's my list. That's my stuff. Now, to intersperse things, we have a joint category that we're going to enjoy now together. Our biggest disappointments of 2022. All right. The games that we were just like, I thought this was going to be great. And you know what? It's bad. So, uh, let's do that. Uh, this is our music for that. Let's play this. Oh. This is really upbeat for disappointment. I know. It seems know, like I still yeah, like do, this song. Do you have do you have sad music? Like? Um, yeah, I do. Let's see. You know what? Let's do. Um, uh, how about this? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> That's pretty sad. It's a little dramatic, but it's okay. It'll work. Uh, so let's get into this list. Um, I guess I'll start because I'm on the top here. My three most disappointing games, one of which I didn't play, but I'm still disappointed because it was so poorly reviewed that um, I'm just bummed out. It made you it. not want to play it. Maybe that, not that want to play it. Disappointing, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So my list goes like this: Saints Row, which I owed for owned for a day and did a return on. Um, I played enough of it to know that it had major problems. It's probably better now, but I don't hear people raving about Saints Row in its current state. You just don't hear it. And I was no. so excited about a reboot of that series in a next-gen way with all that we know now and these new consoles and new PC stuff. I just thought, here's a chance for Saints Row to really shine. As much as I love 3 uh, in particular and 4 as well, I just thought this was going to be it, and it was not it. And it This would be on out. my list if I didn't see the writing on the wall with this one. You yeah, can't be you disappointed me, if you already know it's going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you warned me. I know you were right. I hate to admit this when John's right, but he was absolutely right. He had this feeling. <laughs> you and my wife, man, nothing makes her matter. <laughs> you could just tell from like a mile away that, that game was going to be too generic. What was the and- thing with it? It, it was the, the trailer rubbed people the wrong way, right? Uh, the trailer was okay, I think. It's just it's the, that game, that series had gotten so crazy by the time 4 and then Gat Out of Hell and all that came out. 
that game had gone just to do the most insane places and it had become what that game is. And so when you say Saints Row, you don't think of Saints Row 2 or even the early bits of 3. You think of the wacky bits of 3 and then just off the rails 4 and get out of hell. That's that's what you think of with that series. So they took it and dialed it like way back to like before all of that, not not in a timeline, but you know, gameplay-wise and just said, "Well, what if we brought it just closer to the ground, kind of like back to its GTA-inspired roots?" and started at a, at a much more level playing field or whatever. That's one problem Man. with it, because that just felt weird. But my problem with it is it just felt janky. It didn't feel good. What? It wasn't fun. It must be awkward at the office being around whoever's idea was. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're there? They're still working, yeah. I assume, unless everyone got laid off. No, they're, they're like, still... Guys, what if we took this series back to a point before this series was popular? Yeah. It's a very weird idea. I think that this was... And it was just undercooked. It was like janky frame rate issues and some other stuff that just felt like it needed patches. And I mean, I maybe know. it's because they lost all their dildo artists, right? All the dildo people like moved it, on. It could have just been a logistics thing, which is yeah, like AI uh, wasn't over- around to generate dildos for them. They had to just <laughs> those are handcrafted yeah. dildos. Like, we can only make stuff with what we're good at. We only have the people animators, not the dildo guys. So, what do you think if you're if you're a dildo animator and artist at uh, at Volition? I think is who made this. Where do you go after this? Where's, where's well, they the all best? clearly went to Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's a bunch of dildo work over at Cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. That's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. They all moved to Poland. Um, anyway, Saints Row bummed me out. Number two is gonna be Poland. controversial. That got funnier the more I thought about I it. <laughs> oh, the land of poles. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. It makes sense. Um, number two is going to be controversial. I know that. I know as I'm saying this is going to be stupid and people are going to be irritated with me. I was disappointed in Elden Ring, but I 100% know this is a me problem. All right? I want to make this clear. Elden Ring, for whatever reason, my brain, my synapses, my ability to produce dopamine when I want to, just never clicked quite like it did for everyone else I ever talked to or met. Everyone else had this amazing, life-altering experience. I felt like I was drudging in that game, and I didn't enjoy most of my time in it. I hear so many keyboards typing. (laughs) I know, and I I want them to know. I want them to know. You don't even need to try to convince me. The second biggest disappointment in all of gaming in 2022 (laughs) is Elden Ring. (laughs) I'm just repeating it to make sure you heard it right. I just, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna comment. No, this you don't want to you don't yeah, you, your list. It's my list. And you're right. entitled to put whatever hey, you want on it. I, I think this list is gonna be controversial. Uh so I'm all for it. All Get right. in there, Scott. All right, well, I'm digging in then. Elden Ring for me. You know, everyone said, Oh, it's like a big serious uh Breath of the Wild. I never felt that. And I loved Breath of the Wild with one exception, a stupid weapon. Yeah. <laughs> the weapons don't break. Hey, weapons didn't yeah. break. That's in, true. Uh, and that's why I was Elden so excited. Ring. I was like, hey, I don't have to worry about that. And it's not necessarily, you know what? It's a Souls-like problem for me. There's a bunch of psychology around it. We've talked about this a million times, like just the people that are like so into, you know, the try-hard mentality or the, even though, you know, Bo kind of debunked that in his playthrough of the game, but Still, there's this like stigma around it, right? Well, I don't know that people agree with me. Well, people don't. You're right. Certainly gets the keyboards going. Yeah, that one does get keyboards going, I guess. But for me, I just I just didn't see it the way other people did. And I know that in life, there are lots of things that may be hugely popular to a big portion of the population. And then there's going to be outliers. In this case, I'm an outlier. 
And it bums me out that I'm an outlier because I would really like to enjoy it. Um, I don't know why I had this problem. I'm clearly in the wrong uh, in terms of the percentages because everybody else and their dog loves this Do you game. still own it or did you return no, it? No, I have it. I have it on Xbox. I have it on Series X. All right, I'm going to put a prediction. Go. Uh, maybe not next year. There's going to be a time where Scott quietly goes back to Elton Ring. Yeah. Outside of the hype, outside of the bubble, outside of the whole thing, and I think it clicks for him. I would, I would love to argue with that, but I actually think you might be right. Uh, this happens to me. So I don't know what that window looks like. It's probably a couple of years. But at some point, there's probably a day where I go, ooh, I'm in the mood. Let's see if I'm still, and then I'll have a whole, like, I'll flip around. This happens. I, I think John's probably, I would not put money, I would put money on John in this particular bet. But right now, just didn't do it for me. Uh, and the third was a game I did not play at all. Uh, unlike Saints Row, where I played a bit and returned it, it was Gotham Knights. Uh, I was very excited about this. I was a little nervous leading into it, because this is the the not the mainline Batman Arkham team. This is the in-between team. These are the ones that did Batman Origins, which is a serviceable game, but it's nowhere nearly as good as the Arkham series, which Rocksteady does. And the Rocksteady games are, you know, classics and amazing. I don't think Gotham Knights uh, I, I clearly got the kind of... I mean, they're once again feeling like an in-between team. From what I can tell, again, I didn't play it. Have things improved? Maybe. Um, but boy, that initial blast of interest just fell in the toilet. Everybody was like, ugh, this is not great. We don't love this. Um, I thought it looked amazing. I was so excited to get this like truly next generation DC based thing in with all these characters. And it, you know, it disappointed from afar. But again, this could be another game. I get on the sale for something cheap in two years and go, oh man, I'm sure glad I grabbed it now because it's good. Yeah, why'd everybody hate this game? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, fully, fully aware that that's possible. But that's my list. John? Tell me yours, because I'm a little shocked by one of these. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah, so uh, a couple things. Let's keep in mind, all three of the games I'm about to name are good video games. Um, All of my biggest disappointments of 2022, not a single one of them is a bad video game. But a game doesn't have to be bad to be disappointing. That's true. And uh, that's what I'm aiming to uh, establish here with my list. Uh, my number three was was something else. I changed it recently because it was actually the same as one of the ones on Bo's list. And I figure, let's just let him talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my new number three, because uh, I had forgotten it came out, was Tunic. Mm. Uh, a game that is beloved. A lot of people really loved Tunic. Uh, all three of us were excited about it. We wouldn't stop talking about Tunic leading up to the, that game coming out. Yeah. And I can't even put my finger on why I don't like it. There's just something about the way it plays that never clicked with me with the game. Everything else about Tunic, I love. I love the look of it. I love the music. I love the instruction manual art, which just calls back to some of my favorite art styles from like old Legend of Zelda manuals and stuff like that. So much of Tunic is wonderful. I just, for whatever reason, hate playing the game. Hmm. And I can't eat. I, I want to like it. And I just don't. And I at a certain point, I had to just go, I'm not having fun playing this game, even though I really want to have fun playing this game. And I put it down. And that's pretty disappointing to yeah. have a game that you love everything else around except playing it. So yeah. Tunic is my number three. That feels a lot like 
how I felt playing Elden Ring. Funny enough, your description yeah, is just yeah. about right for how I felt there. And Tunic, I'm, I want to get back to Tunic, but I kind of felt similar in Tunic. I'd been so looking forward to that for so many years. Saw the prototype back in like 2012, I think. And I remember thinking, oh man, that game's eventually going to be rad. <clears throat> and then I just, I don't know. I can't be, I can't, I haven't felt drawn to it, but I felt very much like that in Elden Ring. So I think I understand that feeling. So maybe in a few years you'll go, oh, Tunic. Tunic and I are best friends again. You know? Could be like I, again. I, there's a strong desire to like that game, yeah. so you know I, I would hope that it would click at some point. Yeah. Uh, which I actually feel the same way about number two on my list: Warhammer 40k Darktide. Oh, um, this is a game that we were all very excited about uh, from the moment it was announced. Um, and when it got announced, you know, again, we, there wasn't much of a trailer. It was, you know, a bunch of shadows on a wall and shooting. And then, you know, by the same creators of Vermintide, here's Darktide. And it's going to be Vermintide in the 40k universe. And I just had visions of big space marines shooting hordes (laughs) of something. And it just flashed in my head. Um, and then... We learned more about the game, and it wasn't that. And that's okay, because they they made a good game. It'll still be fine. It'll still be good. Sure. And then we got to play it, and it was a good time. I had a good time playing it, but I was like, man, this feels real feature light. Um, But they said they didn't put everything in this. They said more's coming, so I'll, I'll hold off my opinion. And then... They did the early launch for people that had pre-ordered it and put yep. it in there. Um, but again, they still said, hey, this isn't everything. And I played it. It didn't play as well as I'd like. And it still seemed real light on on stuff. It was like, hey, here's very similar looking settings regardless of where you're going. And you still feels like a lot of melee bashing zombies. And it, it's like we... It felt less like moving to the 40k universe and more just like well we changed the rats into zombies which is not a positive move in my opinion (laughs) and all of a sudden i was just like by the time the game actually came out so this is this is mine that i haven't really played much of by the time the game finally came out full release although still hearing Bo say this is coming this is coming this is coming with a lot of the features I just had lost all interest and steam in it. Mm. And to go from unbelievable hype, we're all going to play this together and it's going to be amazing to, eh, you know, if we never play it, I'll be okay with it. That's such a a weird, crazy fall. I agree. It is a weird. I mean, I've just been waiting for everyone to want to play. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I think Bo Bo seemed to have the opposite experience. He was like all in and all good and everything. You guys have families and stuff. Yeah, my thing has mainly been like mine's mostly time (laughs) and remembering that I have it and all of that. But um, I'm not ready to completely give it up. But I totally get that feeling of like it was a weird release schedule. The truth is, we were probably felt the same way. With Vermintide, had Vermintide because Vermintide launched rough, too did. Yeah, and then they did pretty quickly beef that thing up, and we loved it. But we came at it late. I think maybe this is headed toward the same the result, and and it's possible that that dream we all had of playing this with Kyle and stuff was it's still going to happen. But um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. But I, I get it. Why I get what you're saying though. I totally get it. But they, basically, the problem your your number two is my number one. The Gotham Knights thing is that same feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this one thing I was so jazzed about, now I'm just kind of like, if I never play it, it's fine. I get it. 
Yeah, and that's a that's a rough move uh, to go from yeah. from excitement to indifference. That's <laughs> not good. I agree. Uh, but my number one uh, is Chrono Cross: The Radical Dreamers Edition. Um, on this show, there's been a running, uh, for me anyway, reference, which is, you know, how uh, whenever we talk about Sony and their lack of backwards compatibility, the game I always said was. What if I want to play Chrono Cross again? Mm. I need I need my backwards compatibility. I got to have a way to play Chrono Cross. Is my go-to game for why I needed Sony to support backwards compatibility. And then they announced they were putting out a special edition of the game. I was so excited. And they were putting the uh, Radical Dreamers in with it, which was a kind of text adventure semi-sequel to Chrono Trigger that came out only in Japan. And there's a lot to love. The game itself is still a phenomenal game, but it is a lazy-ass port of the game. It doesn't run well, and it's an old game, and it needs to be able to just run well and have a decent frame rate. And it is a game that gets killed by frame rate, and they never fixed it. They just put it out and said, well, that's it, and they they washed their hands of it. And it's So they're done. That's not getting a... Pat, you know, there's no near as I can tell. There's no patch now. <clears throat> you know, fans will do what fans do, and I'm sure you can probably mod it from something that that fans do. But it just sucks that so many Square Enix properties get re-releases that are just half-assed money grabs. They just turn and, on compatibility mode and call it a day, basically. Yeah, and and it's sad because you see so much effort being made with like, look, we updated the art, and look at these new sprites, and look at these high-res models, and it's like, all you gotta do on top of it is just make sure the game runs well. Like, just do it. <laughs> and they didn't. And so, it was heartbreaking because I thought I was PS2? gonna... Uh, PS1? PS1, right? Yeah. yeah, it should run like a dream on the Switch, right? You would think. Yeah. You'd think it. Well, and I don't know. I played it on the PC. Maybe the Switch is okay, but I actually, I think I heard it was even worse on the Switch. So, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, if they're not going to optimize I, for PC. They're definitely not going to optimize on the Switch. Probably. Yeah, wow. it's uh, it's a shame because uh, it is one of my all-time favorite games, and I was so looking forward to streaming a playthrough of it, and I gave up in the middle of it because it was just frustrating to play. You're on a desert island. They hand you either Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross, and that's the only one you can ever have forever. Which one do you take? Chrono Trigger. Okay, same. Even though I have only played like the first 20 minutes of it. I I liked what I played. (laughs) Wow. I know, right? It's one of my game shame shame games. That's a game I should have played when it was, you know, new, and I never did, and now I've got it, you know, on my Steam Deck ready to rock, and I played 20 minutes, and then my Steam Deck broke, and... I had to wipe everything, including that save. It's only 20 minutes, so I can do it again. But anyway, that's the worst thing, by the way, about that the Steam Deck thing. When you send it back to the factory, you have to wipe the drive. And I did that, but then kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, all my retro stuff was on there, like thousands oh, of yeah. games. And all my saves. I forgot to back that stuff up. So, oh, no. Yeah, so that sucked. I was very unhappy about that. Thankfully, a lot of retro games are not the kind of games you need saves for anyway. It's not like long form stuff, no, but these RPGs and things they are big. So anyway, well, if you're playing final fantasy two and you were halfway through, that's like a lot of time. Yeah. That's a chunk of change. Original, not the sped up auto battler version. No, no. Um, Bo, tell us. So there's John's list. Oh. Joe, Bo, tell us about your huge exhaustive list here that you've got here. Uh, I've only put <laughs> one on here mm. because I made much ado about this in 2021 in anticipation for its release. Uh, you got a moment to guess. Have you guessed? 
<laughs> it's Lost Ark. Mm. Yeah, I remember. And you I actually your- enjoyed this game quite a bit to continue on with John's theme of these are not bad games. I love eight button Diablo. In fact, I'm a little disappointed Diablo 4 has only got four buttons. <laughs> Eight buttons is great. I got enough brain space to handle eight. Give me eight inputs, please. Yeah. I guess I'll live with it. How how was people's general thoughts about that, though? Did everyone, was it a consensus that eight buttons was cool? And I don't think people talked about it the way I did because Mm. it's that hybrid of ARPG and MMO or MMO ARPG. So it's like the World of Warcraft player in you is like, there's not a lot of buttons in this game, but the Diablo player or MOBA player in you is like, wow, eight buttons. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And and it's like, like, I don't know if they even use that potential, but I just like the idea of it's it's rotation, right? Like it's like the reason why WoW raiding is fun. You learn a rotation, it takes skill and practice and, and paying attention and moving out of the fire. That's basically this game, which is a good ARPG. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any issues with that. The the big disappointment was the absolute sheer ridiculous monetization tied to grindy nonsensical quests for this you know like you could play 10 hours a week of this game but we want you to play 60 in order to maximize you know the same problem i think even you know all mmos have kind of had like i'm hearing dragonflight's a lot simpler requiring less time per week to play and keep up with you know your your dungeon Mm -hmm. raid progression business yeah seems to be and like lost arcs just like let's go you know and I have experience with this, and many of us have, with Black Desert and Genshin Impact and, you know, Eastern games, Eastern online games. It's, it's that. It's a Korean game, South Korean game. Like, yeah. The other issue is it does, again, it does this in Black Desert. The way to progress your gear is through rolling random chance. So I can't get to the next zone unless my item level 640. But my item level is 320, and the only way to do it is to collect resources to gamble. And the closer I get to 640, the lower the odds. Mm. And so it's just a grind fest, and that's very disappointing. And I bailed on the game because of it. Oh, but otherwise, I, this is a fan, it's a well-made, fantastic video game. Love it. Love some of the moments in it when you're leaping off Castle Ramparts. So disappointing because I actually would like to play the game just minus all the shite. Mm. The absolute trash that this game uh, inflicted on its player base. My so. memory is, John, you felt there the you same, go. right? Same, same. Yeah, game. I, yeah. I, this was almost my number three for most disappointing for similar reasons. You know, I think I looked been, at it and yeah. said, you know, I want a, a hybrid MMO Diablo experience. And it kind of delivered on that. Um, I didn't love how it played as much uh, as Bo seemed to, but I didn't hate it either. Um, but then it just, they just kept introducing new systems and new grinds. And, you know, when you look at a, a game, sorry, everybody, like Final Fantasy 14, where they're monetized through a subscription, <laughs> when they swear. throw that shit at you, you look at it and you go, well, this isn't after my money. This is just, you know, another thing I can do. But when this is how they get you, uh, you look at it and it feels different. It feels like, ugh, I got to learn this. And I'm going to have to grind this and this is going to have to be a part of this. And I just hated so much of that extra stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, playing the game, going through the the dungeons and all of that, like it, some really crazy, creative and amazing things in there. But it just didn't make up for the bad on the other side of it for me. Nice. Well, it could have been, yeah. been game of the year for me. Mm. 
But I chafe hard at reputation bars. We've talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I chafe hard just like, you know, reputation bars and gate kept content over waste of time. Like, please waste your life so you can access this content. Yeah. yeah. It's not a great feeling. It's a bummer. You guys basically kept me from playing it because you're, I would follow what you were saying and you'd be like, I was excited about it too. But I remember being excited about it in 2015 when it was just coming yeah. out in Korea and Russia. Yeah. And I went, oh, I can't wait this comes to the state and states. And it took freaking seven years. We talked about it a ton over the years. Yeah. Like we were aware of it. You and I were trading. I think we even talked about the show just when it was like, maybe someday it'll come over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is good. It is everything it looks like. It's fun. Right. But I can't. <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's that guy in the story? You guys were always. Um, there was some guy in the story that I went and looked up video for and I didn't even play it obviously, but the, there was something about the, <laughs> this character that made me laugh every time he did anything. It was super over dramatic. Do you remember this? Yeah. He was just yelling. He was like, help me. Yeah. That guy. Help me. <laughs> yeah. He's always yelling everything. Yeah. He was, he, that was my favorite part of you guys talking about the, that game. Uh, all right, let's move on to a happy joy, joy time. We'll get this music out again. John is going to talk about his best of the year in his various categories. Uh, John, take it away. What do you got here? My very first category is Best Dear Martha Retro Magazine of 2022. I got to read a bunch of old retro magazines for the changes we did to Dear Martha. And uh, I just figured I'd pick which magazine I had the best experience revisiting. Um, it's kind of not fair. It's kind of nostalgia-fueled. And it's kind of obvious. But um, my favorite magazine to go back to was Nintendo Power Number no. 1. Uh, um, it wasn't video games? No, it wasn't video games with a capital V. <laughs> Man, that, that magazine knew what it wanted to be. Yep. Um, and then was filled with toy information for some reason. Yeah. But uh, no, Nintendo Power is a, is a magical magazine. Especially those early issues of Nintendo Power. Um, you know, if you go back and you look at those... It was just the perfect time. Video games were in a place where having full-color maps of their layouts and stuff were so useful, and Nintendo was putting together a magazine that just looked unique and looked good and was so useful to you as a kid. Um, You know, I remember constantly poring over those maps to get through, you know, Simon's Quest and stuff like that, and super mario brothers 2 and finding all the secrets it was just right time right place and right format and you go back to those magazines and you can put nintendo power up against any other magazine that was coming out at that time and it's it's completely blows it out of the water like what they were putting into that magazine as far as like art images unique assets now it's a little unfair because they're tied directly to nintendo so they're not having to try and get this themselves um and put it together but at the same time like what they were putting into that magazine was was love and you felt it i agree that's a a perfect pick i also just side note as someone who's on the show every week i really liked the pivot to this uh to what you're doing with dear martha right now I just think it's awesome. And I know it's more work and stuff, so it's, you know, easy for us to all say that, oh, yeah, we love these Dear Martha Retro Magazine things, but um, they're, they are great. I really enjoy them. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to do. Um, I also wanted to give an award for Wallet Killer of 2022. We talk so much oh. about microtransactions and gotcha mechanics and 
ways the game companies are coming after your money. I figured I'd give an appropriate nod to the company and the game that was the most successful this year at it. Uh, and that is Fortnite. Fortnite! A game that, in general, I think Fortnite actually is pretty fair when it comes to, like, its battle pass and a lot of its practices. Like, Yeah, keep in mind, by the way, John is speaking for the Jagger household, not the, hey, I'll bet the whole world thing. We, we might say Diablo Immortal or we might say some other game. But you're right, saying this is what stole money you. from my wallet. This is wallet, what took money from you. Not the wallets of the, the world yeah. collectively. <laughs> yeah. John, John's speaking about his own wallet. I didn't spend a cent on Diablo Immortal. So, yeah. you know, if, if that game got you, well, that's yeah. on you. This is, this is the game These that got me. These are our best. Yeah, because we yeah. can't really talk about things we didn't experience. So it's yeah. hard to say God of War is the best game if you didn't play it. Yeah, example. good point. Right. But uh, yeah, I I have a real problem with you know you, we talk about areas where game companies can be predatory. Turns out I have a real problem with uh, artificial scarcity and limits. And uh, when they put a, a new skin in the store and they go, it's here for a day. If you want to buy it, you can buy it. I go, I got to buy it right now. And uh, I freak out a lot, and I spent an obscene amount of money on <laughs> Marvel skins because they put all the Marvel character skins in the store the other day. Nice. Oh no! Oh, so was this a late winner? Like, was it all clear till a week ago? <laughs> yeah, I had. Well, no, it wasn't all clear, but like all of a sudden, I was like, "Well, I guess I know what I'm getting myself for Christmas this you year." Bought the eighty dollars Fortnite skin bundle of Marvel, Marvel characters. Oh, no, it was more than eighty dollars. Holy shit! Do we want to know? Oh shit! We got a Star Trek. Uh, we got a Star Trek Online level purchase happening. Oh here. man! How I bought. I bought a lot of skins. I don't want to like it, pry. No shame. Let's not shame. I don't want. And I'm probably the most likely. It to had to be over a hundred dollars worth. Of Under a hundred bucks worth of skins. I spent a hundred okay. bucks. And other things, not launch. just like not just like here's the Iron Man skin, the Captain America skin, and all of that, but like. You know, between How much? the pickaxes and the backgrounds and the dances and sure. the flyers and all of that, it was probably over a hundred dollars. Damn. I mean, I spent a hundred. Uh, I'm in for over a hundred at this point because I buy the season passes. And but this was one oh, yeah. store update. They update the store every day, and they've gotten me a couple times. So <laughs> every day, every <laughs> day. Is it rotational product or just new product? It is rotational. Um, so I, I have do now played Fortnite like, long enough to see the same skins coming back into okay. the store. But, but they do the thing that Snap does where it's like you can only buy that card art this day because they create the artificial scarcity. You yeah. never know when chibi Agent Coulson's going to be back around. Yeah. And then they even sometimes will do a category that they go, hey, hasn't been out of the vault for a year, you know, and they'll just, here's some things that based on the rotation never came back into, into play. Do you want to get it now? Cause it was a year. And that also puts in the back of your mind. Well, what if the thing I want is going to be gone for a year if I don't do it right now? So, uh, it got me, but I also had a really wonderful time with Fortnite. So. Side, side note, do you, would you, if we had categories for this, we don't, but if we did have a f- most fun, that we personally had in multiplayer this year, would you give it to Fortnite? Oh, easily. I'm having a I'm having a blast. I still play it every day. Interesting. Got a crowned victory royale today with my wife nice. on her lunch break. Oh, this is the toughest category to get. It is with far. your wife, yeah. Especially we were such little we were such little Fortnite haters before. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
I'm still so hesitant, but John John is slowly getting me interested. I mean, for me, it was Overwatch 2, but, you know, I, who knows? Maybe I would have had the time of my life and no-build Fortnite. If I'd uh, yeah, and it has to be no-build. No-build yeah. is, is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're not wrong about that. Uh, uh, I, next category yeah. is best Netflixing game of 2022. This means the uh, best game to play while watching something actively on another screen. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I have questions about this one. No, Netflix and chill is something else. <laughs> so Netflix and ne- game Netflix and just game. means Netflix and game? Yes, like this it. literally means watching Netflix and gaming. Okay. There's no second meaning but or double meaning. Is it always There's no second meaning. Okay. Is it always Netflix or is it any stream? No, it's usually YouTube, to be honest. But YouTube doesn't have a fun sex so you reference name. Because it is a sex reference. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us more. What, what did you Netflix and uh, game? Wink, wink. I went with Vampire Survivors uh, because this gets to the crux of why I like Vampire Survivors better than all the other ones that Scott recommended to me over the year. Yeah. Um, Vampire Survivors is the perfect game to, uh, I mean, honestly, it could apply to either category because it only takes one hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, this is... And, um, uh, <laughs> the one thing I will say in Vampire Survivors... So I'm not in a relationship, but when I was, I would get girls like, well, I shouldn't say girls in that way. That sounds very boomer, but I would deliver the back massage, right? The, mm. You're sitting on the couch watching. Mm-hmm. There's no hanky panky going on. There's no chilling in the Netflix and chill. Right. But, you know, we're watching TV. I don't really, it's, it's like, um, what is it? Uh, so you think you can dance? Like, this is clearly her show and i just have to endure it politely <laughs> and i'm giving a back massage so the other hands you know used to be mobile games right like at least i can uh, split my attention three ways <laughs> yeah i got the yeah. back massage oh yeah that dance was super awesome and then i'm playing the game and vampire survivors because you only need one hand is perfect you fulfill yeah, uh, you, can husbandly do, you can duties, do so many things and yet so many not things. have and not have to be fully there in spirit right um, right. Yeah. Plus, you can pause and, uh, it. It's a good pause, pausable game. I found. Yeah. Yeah. Works. Works great. And is the um, pause on the same side as that controller? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Stretch a little. But you can also hit the escape cases yeah. right um, there. That's yeah, perfect. That's true. Perfect. All right. Sorry, I interrupted your segment, but I had a lot of questions about. No, no, no. That's all fair. Gaming that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just. It's the perfect. Uh, it's the perfect experience when you want your attention more on what we always call the second screen experience, right? Like there are games you play where sure you might have something on a second monitor or something like that, but you know, your attention has to mostly be on the game. This is the other way around. Mm. This is when you want to watch the show, but you want to play a game at the same time. Nice. So, uh, vampire survivors was perfect for that. Um, you yeah. do have a free hand, though. If you you know you yeah, get you those free exercise machines, where you can, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Get a little there ball. are so many things you can do with the free hand. Yeah. The sky's the limit. I got a little squeeze ball man here that I can squeeze. See, yeah, oh Scott's God. can Scott's can yeah. squeeze balls he's, because he's a man shape. It's a little like horrifying. Well, yeah, he's a little like, like a stretch Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, did you have stretch Armstrong when you were a kid? 
That's what this is like. No, I I knew people that had Stretch Armstrong, but I always saw him like after one too many combat missions, and I knew the way it was going. <laughs> well, and the, here's the thing: when you have Stretch Armstrong as a kid, the temptation to cut him open and find out what's inside is immeasurably strong. You yeah. just have to do it, and so you would only go so long before you're like, get us, get a blade. We're doing this. And you'd open it and you realize that <laughs> you stretch and you've unleashed the most sticky, horrible, like the, you know, that scene in Christmas vacation where Chevy chase can't get the magazine to stop sticking to him. His wife's hair is all sticky and all that. Um, cause he's working in the sap of the tree. It's like that. And it will be like that for months. My mom almost gave me up when I opened stretch Armstrong and stuck it to everything in the freaking house. <laughs> anyway, there's that story. Uh, John, Best game you didn't play. Yeah, I also did one of these. God of War Ragnarok. Stole a damn PS5 to play this game, and I still haven't played it yet, but uh, I'm going to, and I know I'm going to like it. Mm. I know it probably belongs on my list somewhere, but I didn't play it this year, so God of War Ragnarok, maybe we'll see you next year for best game. Who'd had time to play uh, God of War Ragnarok? We're all waiting for that speech to end. It's <laughs> still going. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Judge still up on stage. Still. Did you rip. see? He tweeted something about it, acknowledging he knows he's in on the joke. Oh now, yeah, he and knows. that makes me feel better about it. And also, kind of sorry, not sorry though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, yeah. Sorry, every, but but I deserved it. <laughs> every, every time, every time somebody points out that it was only seven minutes, I think they're lying. It felt longer to me. There's no way it was only seven. But I mean, that's a seven-minute speech at any award show. Is, it's like, thank you for the award. Thank God my family and my manager or whatever. Goodbye. Like, you know. Yeah. He really easy. he really stayed uh, up there. Uh, I just, it's, Al, it's all about Al, the elder abuse. Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino. That's, what really, that's what really bothered me. <laughs> the elder abuse. Have your speech for as uh, long as you want, but you better bring Al Pacino a chair before you do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or somebody awesome. on staff. If so, if that, you know, that kid who showed up at the end would have gotten so much more kudos if instead of doing that thing at the end, he ran up and gave Al Pacino a freaking chair to sit down. Yeah, man. Something. Yeah. He would have been or a you hero. Couldn't, you we couldn't have been as mad at him if he waited through all nine minutes of that speech instead of the Elden Ring one. He'd be yeah. like, you know what? He earned his moment to talk about Bill Clinton. Good uh, good on him. I'm a little more worried about whatever he does next than I was about what he did. <laughs> That's all I'm worried I, How do you top your, how do you top your freaking fame craze? you know i don't know but i'm sure he'll think of something yeah i don't want to help him with any ideas that kid still annoys me um all right my i'm with you by the way on ragnarok i need to i have a damn ps5 why have i not played that i know what's up you're the one you're the one who has it you didn't have to steal it you own one i own the box i don't have the game carter my daughter bought the game and she's in freaking iceland and the game's here she can't even play it playing it in real life yeah i guess so Anyway, sorry. Uh, move My move final on. category. Yeah. Final. Yeah. Well, sort of. The best and worst non-Final Fantasy fourteen Final Fantasy of 2022. <laughs> uh, you knew there had to be a Final Fantasy category on here because I won't stop talking about those games. And I played a lot of them this year. So uh, I... Of the ones I played this year, I'm going to give what I thought was my worst experience and what I thought was my best experience. Mm. And it's going to be controversial. Oh boy. So if you have strong opinions about Final Fantasy IX, get ready, mm. because here it comes. All right, I'm ready. Um, the worst Final Fantasy that I played in 2022, 
Final Fantasy IX. Oh. Which is considered yeah. by many to be one of the best Final Fantasy ever. Tell them. You tell them. Yeah, you let tell them. Rip. Every time that comes up, they're like, really, you should have played Final Fantasy IX. I'm glad that you're the first to be like, yeah, it's a skip, dude. Yeah, skip it. It is unfortunate because I, if you had asked me before I started this, start playing all of it, John, what's your favorite Final Fantasy from all of them? Nine would have potentially been my answer. Right. I think it has one of the greatest casts of any Final Fantasy as far in terms of characters. I think its art style is great. Um, it's the first one, like big cutscenes existed in Final Fantasy for a while, but it's the first one that started applying like cinematography and movie making techniques to their cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some amazing emotional resonance on some of the stories. And unfortunately, the systems that they have built around this game are just not very good or interesting. Oh, it oh, is my least oh. favorite to play okay. of oh. them. And okay. I had to play it twice. Yeah, that, and did. that That's probably right. didn't do it any favors either because it is the Final Fantasy I lost sure. the save on and had to go through the game two times. That's right, but look how dedicated you were to your to your stream audience, man. You were like in that in it to win it. You were going to do it no matter what. John is choosing violence. It's like daggers in the ears of... <laughs> And betrayal and everyone who's like super supportive of his Final Fantasy love. Yeah, that's all right. I still got. I might get him back with uh, my favorite. So we got a we got a we got a chance to turn this around. All right. What did you before you tell us that one? What did you enter the year as? What you thought was your favorite versus what it became, or is it the one you thought it would be? I think nine. I thought going into the year nine would be my favorite one to play. Interesting. I really did. I I love nine. And, and it, it's love. the most anime looking out of all the key it, arts. It's really, and so much of it is good. The music is so good, so good. And again, the cast, I'll take the cast of nine over seven over eight. Any of them. Whoa, like, whoa. The, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> more violence. Like, more violence. They are more, they are more, more interesting. <laughs> you know, it, it is a better Leave group seven of seven out people. of any conversation. <laughs> this is how you're going to treat them. The seven. Yeah, chat room's great. They're like, pitchfork. Someone else said, John is Sylvanas. Oh, man, it's getting dark. Now. <laughs> Burn it's getting it down. Yeah. Burn it, I said. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the best Final Fantasy of the year. Um. Final Fantasy VI. Oh, oh! I did not this, expect that. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. I, th- okay. I, I I can support this. This is this one's. Sorry, you you speak. It's your thing. <laughs> Bo's like, no, good <laughs> list, John. Good list. He's doing. Final Fantasy VI was the one that I had played uh, probably the least of besides fifteen, which I've played none of. Um, but. Going into it, I, I think I'd maybe played through the intro once or twice on the Super NES when it was known as Final Fantasy III, and uh, I didn't know much about it, and I didn't know what to expect, and I even had a rough time getting into it, because this game is a little slower and a little more challenging than a lot of the other ones, but once it clicked, Final Fantasy VI is where this series took a shift. Mm. Up to this point, there had been crazy stories. Four is a crazy story. You go to the moon. Like, you're from the moon. Mm-hmm. You're related to the big bad guy. Like, there's a lot of cool, weird twists in four, but it's all very theatrical, like, soap opera twists and turns. Six has a genuinely serious narrative. Mm-hmm. 
The stakes are real. The writing is good. The universe is well-built. The characters are well-developed. Six is in a different league than everything that came before it. And was, was it the only SNES game? It was the only 16-bit game, right? It was the only no. SNES game. Oh, no. What? Oh, is that the... Well, well was... the, yeah. And, the um, only SNES one in North America. Was that right? Uh, oh. No. No? Because one through three in Japan were NES, and yeah. only oh, one yeah. came out here, right. and right. four through six were SNES, and four right. and six came out here. Oh. I'm remembering. Two was on SNES. Like, NA2 was on SNES. And then NA6 is on SNES. It's yeah. the one I like the look of the most. Um, you know, I, I like the, some of the modern stuff, obviously, but I like, I, of all the old games, I think the look of six is Like six is awesome. the best pixel art yeah. version because yeah. they, they knocked it off with the pixel art after six. So yeah. It went to seven and right. Um, it's the best example of their pixel art. I work. agree. Kind of missed that. I think one of the most mind blowing things playing that at the time of playing it, when you know it felt like the map had been fully discovered, the story was going on, and then you it's one of the first games I ever experienced where the world changed like wow, cataclysm, and you're just like, oh, I'm only 50% through this game. Yeah, like it was kind of mind blowing to be like, I've got a whole map to rediscover what all the changes are. And I'm there's way more game than I thought there was gonna be. I remember when that first when I first played it and I first realized that in that moment, I was mind blown. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean it deals with heavy themes. You go from that that shift in the world to dealing with a story of what's it like to be in a devastated world? What's it like emotionally to lose your friends and be isolated? Um, to have to have tried and failed. Um dealing with loss that sort of stuff like it deals with very mature themes it's just the pinnacle of everything up to it and even though i would say seven continues that trend of moving themes and story and all of that to a higher level than what had come before seven is still uh handicapped a little by you can tell they're trying to figure out how to program for the playstation there's some rough stuff yeah. in seven early going and there, yeah. and seven, eight and nine are kind of in that same boat, like of figuring out what the series is, um, which is part of the reason why I thought nine was going to be one of my favorites was I thought it was going to be for PlayStation. What six was for SNES, which was the perfection of that formula on its system. And I think it almost does, but it drops the ball in uh, in a really big way with gameplay and systems. Um, but six just excels at everything. It even has some some trappings of like open world games mm. before that was a thing that was common. You know, you can tackle certain things in six in whatever order you want, which puts in this element of exploration. And like, let's just go see what's out there and, and discover what's in this world. It's just a crazy good game uh, for a Super Nintendo game. Um, it's kind of unbelievable how much stuff is in it. Well, uh, it makes me want to get the pixel remaster of that. I will say this: I the one the version I started playing and got pretty far in before I lost all my saves with the Steam Deck reset was the GBA version of that game. It's very good. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version is very good, and I like the aspect ratio a little better than the original. So. Uh, if you're not getting the Pixel Remaster, it's probably a good place to start if you're out there listening. 
Uh, very nice, John. Uh, what else you got? Oh, that was it that's for that it. category. That's it. Those are my categories <clears throat> for the year. Nice. Now, how about our favorite non-2022 game for the year of 2022, meaning games that came out before it that we may either have played, picked up, or, or beaten? Well, it turns out we have a few, and so we're going to do those now. Hold on. Here's the thing for that. Uh, some upbeat, drawful music. <laughs> Uh, All right, here's my list. Number one, Cyberpunk 2077. I think that game is in a really great place right now, and that's why I played it this year. And I beat it, and I loved it, and I am excited about that DLC. Uh, The anime helped as well, got me all hyped for it. And um, I, for all the reasons I've said on the show a hundred times, I think Cyberpunk 2077 was was ultimately a success. Uh, And was for them financially, so, you know, they still got more to come. Anyway, good game. Uh, number two is one I haven't even talked to you guys about yet, and I keep forgetting to bring it up, but I finally played Hot Wheels Unleashed, a 2021 oh. release. I keep uh, seeing this game on Steam, and I get scared away by the reviews, but it looks excellent. It's really fun. I mean, there's not you're not going to get the most advanced racer of all time, but you are going to get a game where all the cars are these rad little Hot Wheels cars. And you're racing on these tracks, and there's real beefy physics and great drift mechanics. If I had to compare it to anything, it would be like, honestly, it's kind of Mario Karty in terms of its 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 control schemes. It's not meant to be serious sim or anything, um, but it feels really good just whipping around corners and beating all these cars. And you got limited use of some turbo and unlock new cars and and all that. The one thing people complain about, and I understand why, it has blind boxes that you open when you clear levels. So you're you're doing kind of Overwatch 2016 kind of loot boxing. Um, that feels antiquated and weird. But, you know, that's just the world we live in, I suppose. Um, but the actual gameplay and the progression and the campaign, and then you can go build, like, crazy tracks, like pick the living room set and then go build an insane track in the living room. You can upload your creations. Other people upload theirs. You can play the top ones. It's got a bunch of that going on. Uh, multiplayer is fun. I played a few, uh, played a bunch of that. I think Hot Wheels Unleashed is like legitimately a fun arcade racer that's worth playing, um, and looks great um, too. Big time thing. sale on Steam. Uh, normal price sixty six dollars Canadian. It's yeah. on sale for sixteen dollars right now. Oh yeah, totally good deal. If, Pretty if, steep, seventy five percent off. Yeah, that's a good price. I got it for the. I, I don't remember when I got it. It was a different sale, and it was some time ago. But I finally cracked it open and was really surprised how much I liked it. Runs beautifully on steam deck and pc and otherwise it's very good hot wheels unleashed was my number two my third is recent the witcher 3 next gen update um is great it looks great i only have a couple of complaints and that is there's like a weird mismatch of uh quests that i have on one platform and i don't have on the other one and so it won't let me use some of my shared saves and I'm still trying to work that out because now I'm current. The new sale was back down to 10 bucks again, so I did the thing. And now I've got equivalent full-blown versions with all the DLC on console and on PC. And going back and forth is a problem because it says, oh, you're missing these three quest lines. I'm like, how is that possible? They're exactly the same package now. They're the, the Game of the Year edition with the full DLC. I don't know what else is there. So maybe I have to start maybe I started a quest on one I shouldn't have before I saved I don't I don't know I haven't figured it out yet but 
the other aspects of the forget about cross save stuff for now but the other aspects that they put in here are very nice the ray tracing stuff on pc and console look amazing uh, even better on pc because you can get up to the 60 plus frame rate whereas uh, some of that stuff's locked to 30 on console but the 60 to 120 frame mode on console looks amazing it feels like i'm playing a game that just got proper remaster treatment i'm nothing but positive about it um and I recommend it highly. Oh, if you're having trouble running it on Steam Deck since the update, I've learned a trick. You basically just, in the little launcher menu, change it from DirectX 12 to 11, and it'll all work fine. I don't know why that is. 12 usually works fine with most games. There's something going on there. But anyway, I really like it. It's a it's a very nice thing. And I wanted to just give it a, an, an admiring uh, mention of Pentiment, because that thing is cool. And I know it Does came out, come this year. out this year. It came out this year. So this is like totally even the wrong place to put it. But that oh, okay. game's great. <laughs> but here's an award for here's ben. an award for it anyway. John, tell it me it came your... out in ye olden time, <laughs> so it is uh, it counts. There you go. Tell me your three for uh, for the uh, non twenty twenty two games of the year. Yeah, number three is going to be Slay the Spire. I heard everybody talk about this for the longest time, as Bo would call it. It's the best in slot for uh, card battlers of what it is. And yeah, it turns out there's a reason everybody talks about Slay the Spire. It's a very good game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm the last person on Earth to play it, so not a lot to say there. Mm. It's it's as good as everybody says. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, Return of the Oberdin. This, uh, it's kind of criminal this isn't one, because Return of the Oberdin is going to go down as one of my all-time favorite video games ever. Mm. Um, it is perfect at what it is setting out to be and do. Um, it's a game I've mentioned it on the show before. I just think about every now and then I will just get the music stuck in my head or I will just think about the things that I have seen in this world. I feel like as, as retro as its graphics were, there were times where that game just blew me away with the things it was showing me visually. And, uh, it's a game that haunted me, freaked me out at times, but, um, was always engrossing and always cool and always thoughtful uh, I cannot say enough about Return of the Oberdin. Uh, everybody should try it. Can't wait for whatever his third game is. It, it takes forever, but uh, that guy, what's his name? Oh, Philip, yeah. Philip yeah, uh, Pope or whatever. And yeah, he's amazing. He made one for uh, that handheld game with the crank on it. Oh, right. Made a little, a game um, for that. Yeah, the Playdate. I really want to get one of those still. They're still like in phase two of shipping to people who pre-ordered years ago or something. They're yeah. probably not even worth it, but I would like to see what he did over there. But yeah, whatever his next mainline thing is, Papers, Please, still one of my favorite games of all time. Oberdin's amazing. I need to finish it. Um, But I whatever that dude makes. Lucas Pope, I think is his name. That's it. You He's got a, it. That guy's a genius. Anyway. Uh, and my number one game of 2022 that didn't come out in 2022 unsurprisingly cyberpunk 2077 mm. um this game is i this game is a testament to expectations versus you know reality because i don't think any of the criticisms i levied at cyberpunk back when it first came out um don't apply i think they were all right at the time but i think what changed was my expectation for what that game should be and also it worked a lot better um but I went into Cyberpunk the second time this year, uh, expecting it to be the world that Edge Runners had shown me. Mm. And with those fresh eyes and expectations, and a game that actually ran well, um, 
I was, it was a real treat, you know, that, that is a story and a world, um, that I want to revisit. You know, I, I got into Fortnite cause I needed to get away from the big story and now I'm starting to go like, all right, I could, I could dig into a, a, a meaty game again with story and, and a world and all that. And for whatever reason, the only thing that I want to play right now is Cyberpunk 2077 again. So um, it's crazy how good that game is. Um, and the fact that I put it over Return of the Oberdin should tell you something uh, with how much fun I had it. Because, yeah. uh, man, it's, it's solid. And you're looking forward to that DLC, right? Like the rest of us? Should yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Bo, what what landed for you in other Ooh, years that yeah. you played this year? So top games that I played that were not of the year 2022 released. First one was Half-Life Alex. That game oh, yeah. was a game changer. I've yeah. talked about it a lot on the show, but we should call this the year of Jesus Wept or the, I'm sorry, the year of VR for Bo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the year of G- like after Scott, you know, Scott was their VR guy for a while. And yeah. they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I became a convert pretty much overnight, strapping that thing on. Yeah. I had the Rift S. I actually have two VR headsets, but it is a big jump in quality and fidelity and just awesomeness that I, it was better than I could have, than I was imagining it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And um, Half-Life Alex, I, I've enjoyed a, a, most of what I've tried. But a lot of it still feels uh, low budget, hacky. We're still figuring things out. But Half Life Alex is a full on, what a full price box product in VR can do, and it lives up to it. It's fun, immersive, scary, uh, funny, um, and just plays great. It's 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 a compulsory purchase if you get a headset. IMHO. Do you think it had the effect of showing other? Uh, devs and and people interested in vr how to do it in other words like this is this is the level you can aim for it doesn't all have to be janky you could do this yeah it's it it sets the bar i mean not in every way because it's a genre game Mm. you know like it's a shooter survival not survival but kind of survival horror uh, shootery interactable game but it works so well i think the biggest issue is like a lot of we don't have it. We don't have standards. Like we ha- controllers have standards, right? Like, all, why do controllers have bumpers? Mm. Why is there a start select? Like, there was an era where that when we were playing Atari, where that wasn't settled no, as what a standard was, was going to be. Yeah. And I think VR is a lot more complicated. I think VR works best in the intimate space, not in the distance. There's a lot of gimmicky stuff that works in flat screen that we're still trying to emulate, like HUDs. Like this game does HUDs beautifully. Everything's on your hands. There's no, there's no HUD. Mm-hmm. I've played so many VR games. It's got like a health bar and score. And I'm like, when I look this way, it moves this way. And I'm like, I, I, why are you making me do this? This is not flat screen. Mm-hmm. Don't put, don't put HUD. <laughs> Although I will say Iron Man VR did HUD really well, mm-hmm. actually. And Iron Man VR, it's not on my list, but that was actually a game that did one of the few games that does VR HUDs good. Mm-hmm. But um, everything was on the hands. Everything was just richly animated in the way that, you know, you played Portal. It's, it's, when you play those games, it's surprising how much detail goes in. For example, in most VR games, when you go to violate a person's personal space, I know this sounds weird, weird just but bear with me, the, either your hands pass through the NPCs or there's like an invisible force wall that doesn't allow you to, you know, mess with NPCs. 
uh, in this game, not that there's very many NPCs, there's one, but he looks at you like, what the hell are you doing? They didn't have to do this. They could have just made it so you can't interact with the person, but the person legit looks at you like, get your hands off me, perv. And he's like an old guy too. But I'm just like, I want to, I want to see what happens when I touch his nose. And it, it legit reacts in a detailed way. Like someone who's like, I, I feel like I've really irritated someone and their opinion of me has diminished greatly. It's little shit like that in this game that makes it great. There's a set of, there's a window and a set of markers and you can just draw on the window with the set of markers. Like, you know, most games are like, oh, we're a racing game. We don't got time for this other shit. Let's just put the racing stuff in and we're good. Yeah. Uh, Half-Life um, puts a lot of details in the weird sides of things. And that showcases the potential. It's not just there because it's weird. It also showcases the potential for things in VR. So um, by far, uh, the fact that it was VR is what gives it a lot of points to be the best thing. But it was the most impactful game I played in 2022, even like, yeah. So this is, this is by far the best one. That's some high praise of a VR product. Yeah. Like, so number and two would number, definitely not be VR, right? This would be a totally number non-VR. Number two is also a VR game. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> it's Skyrim VR. Definitely a non-2022 game. Old. I can't believe how much new life the 526 mods I downloaded for this thing. I spent more time playing the modding game than the actual game. Um, you know, a lot of research went into what mods to install and what order and what software to get, et cetera, et cetera. But when I finally got it smoking, it's so cool, dude. Mm. It, again, the same reason as Half-Life Alex, the VR mods make it so I think one of the coolest things to do in VR, I know this is going to make me seem like a terrible person, but I'm just being honest, <laughs> is to sneak up on somebody, which you can do in Skyrim, thieving and assassination the Dark Brotherhood is a thing in this game. But it feels so much different when you're literally crouched and you walk up behind some a man or a woman. Can't kill kids in this game without a I no. didn't put that mod. You in. can do that in high there, in life, there, but there's a, there's a mod yeah, for there's that. an achievement for it. Yeah, yeah. No, but there is a there is an actual mod for it, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, but I didn't install <laughs> that one. But um there's you a can mod for go everything. behind somebody, put your hand on their mouth, yeah. they struggle and put the blade in their back and then watch their lifeless corpse fall to the ground. I know it sounds terrible, well, but we do this in video games all I mean, the time. It yeah. didn't it feels... until you went so deep on the description. <laughs> the, re- the, reason I, the reason I say this is because the violence feels different. When you press like uh, your mouse button and take a life in a video game, it feels like, eh, you know. Yeah. In this one, I feel like this is about as close to actually stabbing somebody in real life like it's emotional it, it's visceral i feel something when i do it i know it's not cool but it, it's cool i guess it's cool in the same way strange days that um james cameron written catherine bigelow directed film was mm. like when they put the squids on and they're experiencing real like robberies and stuff oh, yeah yeah it, it's 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 a little bit of that strange days where you're squidding where you're you're you know you're i mean i could talk about vr forever about just video experiences you can have on there but in a video game form to be like you know just to do that and be like i don't know do i really want to join the dark brotherhood i'm legit gonna be sneaking into people's houses and ending their life yeah because a dark god wants me to awesome (laughs) like so cool so skyrim vr it just takes it into a new dimension with the mods 
Um, love, love that game. So awesome. best, second best experience this year. Very nice. uh, moving on. I, I, already, I said, I told myself I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on VR. I was going to say the names and get to moving, but goddamn, these two experiences are great. Sure. Uh, the third best game I played this year uh, was Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, I love that game. So I played hardcore with a single character, died in act one, died in act two, restarted, died in act three, cheated, still then died in act three. And that's about where I'm at. I started making my way yet again through divinity original sin two. I put a ton of hours into this hardcore run of mine yeah. over the year. And, um, this game is just the pinnacle of CRPGs in my opinion. Yeah. And I love it. I cannot wait for Baldur's Gate 3 to be done. Freaking finish yeah. that game so we can play it for real. I know I can play it now. That's, it doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. I, need, I need it to be done. Yeah. Uh, oh. All right. Great list. Uh, lots of VR. Jesus wept. It's all good. Let's now talk about... Uh, <laughs> your, your personal list. Let's do yeah, more Yeah, it's my personal list. I'll, I promise this time I'll be I'll be quick. So my first category is top three VR games. <laughs> 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 and it'll be quick because guess what the number one top VR game this year was? What? Half-Life Alex. Oh, weird. Um, the second one, Skyrim VR. Oh, weird. Uh, so I'm going to get through... The, I'm going to go through these quick and not How's be How's the murder them. in Skyrim VR? It's pretty good murder. It right. is such good murder. <laughs> That's best the be- murder. It's the best murder in video games, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, also like, well, maybe I shouldn't. Like, so one of the mods makes some of the women's breasts a little more ample than they are in the baseline game. Weird. I installed the yeah. pack. It came with it's the pack. It's a VR bug. I didn't <laughs> seek it out. <laughs> But one of the uh-huh. hilarious things is sometimes the boobs are a little bigger than the clothes, and so you'll walk into the bar and they'll just have like a boob at <laughs> You're like, whoa. <laughs> wow. And the other fun thing too is it actually um I think there's like some basic stuff for like for like sex mods in Skyrim, which I'm not using, but it still gives men uh ample penises and balls. And when you take the when you loot the clothes, the corpses are naked, and I'd often forget, and I'd be streaming, and I'd loot the corpse, and then I just big penis and balls in my face. I'm like, whoa, I forgot if I take off the but it's realistic if yeah. I take his clothes, yeah. the corpse is naked. So that was also anyways, that's uh, also and, and it's in 3D, so it's literally the wiener's like right here. Whoa. Wow. And it just came wow. with the pack. So oh, yeah, like- and I I also cast Resurrect Dead on one of those corpses and a naked guy with his a naked zombie with his wiener flopping everywhere and boots he had boots on he was naked but had boots and his wiener's flopping everywhere and he's running after the guys going to kill the enemy he died in like one shot That's and like great. There was so many good, so many good moments playing that game. I feel I like if there's right a chance now. to convert John to VR, it's happening right now. It's very sad. Yeah, that was the closest. But <laughs> yeah. you know, like, Whoa, I zombie wieners. I don't need to be in VR for that. That's that, true. that can happen. Yeah, this happens now. He's wearing those boots for later. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Uh, so let me get through this list real quick. I promise. Um, I put Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, even though I didn't play that much of it because of the murder. Uh, the zombies have soft skulls and I appreciate the mechanics of this game being, you have to stick the knife in and then drive it in even harder to make sure you kill the brain. Love that. Uh, list of honorable mentions. So if you have a VR headset, people often ask me, what should I play? I'm just going to run through the best ones. Uh, Demio. Amazing. 
VR chat, of course, you know, if you're listening to the show, you know that. Star Wars Squadrons is a really, the the, the, the in-between missions, not so good, but the actual dogfighting is brilliant in VR. And modded Cyberpunk 2077 is a, I just needed to run better, but it feels so intimate when you and Jackie are hanging out being bros. It's it's awesome. I missed all the other first-person perspective stuff. All right. There you go. VR done. Nice. All right, the other category I had, because I play a ton of early access games, as it turns out, mm. um, and the three from last year are that I listed as my top early access games are still in early access, and I still play them. Uh, so I wanted to pick new stuff, because there was definitely awesome new stuff to come out in EA this year. Number one, V Rising. Got a yeah. ton of fun out of that. Made a community server. Played, you know, 80 hours. I'm waiting for more content. Love that game. Inspired. Good control scheme. Agreed. Quality game. Yeah. yeah. That game's um, cool. And did you notice it's uh, it abbreviates to VR? Oh, oh shit. All connected, dude. VR is all connected. Yeah. It's all yeah. connected. Wow. All right. All right. Um, next on the list, uh, Farthest Frontier. I've often uh, uh, spoken praise about Banished, one of my favorite all-time games and um sorry is it relic entertainment Who, who's the guys that grim dawn guys oh yeah grim um those oh. guys crates 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 crate entertainment yeah they're great Crate entertainment's behind this um love grim dawn which i also f- dug in this year but didn't make my top list but their take on banished is uh chef's kiss i really liking what they did so far in ea loving it so far yeah um, so if you want a good uh, city sim, uh, city builder sim that is hardcore, but has better graphics than Banished. Oh, yeah, by far. That. And I grabbed that yeah. as well. It's it's great. It's very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one. To just I know they've been updating like crazy, but th- that's one I yeah. just want to see finished. You know? A lot more to come. But yeah, it has. it's not really based on violence. It's a pure city builder mm-hmm. and you, there's fail states, which I love. Yeah. Um, Omega Strikers was number three for me. This is a fantastic. So I, it wasn't, it, I was in beta during this period. And when I played most of it, it was not the full launch. So I'm counting it. Omega Strikers, great 3v3 soccer MOBA. It works. It sounds ridiculous. It works. It's super fun. I'm sad I don't play it more. And there's just lots of games vying for my attention. This game's easy to pick up. Games are five minutes. Fantastic. Uh, you know, the arts, it is what it is. Not great, but not terrible. I, I can get behind it. I can why can't I picture what o- is fun. Why can't I picture what Omega Strikers is? Uh, a soccer MOBA. Is it a soccer MOBA? Yeah. Yeah. Why do I not I mean, remember not, you even talking really, about this? It's not really soccer. It's like there's a puck that you kick around. But it's, Oh, this one. Oh, I installed this and haven't played it because you, you probably talked me into it and then I didn't do it. Yeah, this game is one of the best games I played this year. I love it. I have so much fun playing it. It's fun. Yeah, it's. Good. I don't think it's ever going to make it big, but maybe it doesn't need to. I don't know. It's awesome. Hmm. Okay. Um, you know, if for what it is, it's free to play. Log in, play a couple games, no biggie. Right? Yeah, why it's not? Good. All right. All right. Um, and I will just mention all the other games on my EA rotation, just to remind those people who might want to hear it. War Tales. 
Dyson Sphere program, Valheim. Yeah. Love those games. War Tales is shaping up them, so good. So good. Play them all regularly except War Tales that I'm sort of just waiting, although I don't think I can hold out much longer. Yeah. The city update looked kind of baller. And it does look good. Yeah. I bought that because of how much you guys rave about it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, but, you'll love it. Yeah. But you may I mean we're probably close, right? I'll bet they've launched this year. It's a it's a it's low magic it's low magic sim. It's not a fully voice acted. The graphics, you know, they're decent. They serve the game, but the real juice is not having enough food to feed your company, so you feed them the corpses of the people you slay, you slew. Yeah. Lots of hard <laughs> choices in it. If you feed them lots, maybe they become good at cannibalism or something. Yeah. Like it's managing a company of brigands essentially you know and there's quests and story and it's it's grim dark uh i don't even know what to call it, adventure game <laughs> like i don't even know how to i don't know what to low magic, it to. They call it, it's a low man low magic um uh company management sim yeah. like a like a cell sword company management sim to me but it's like if it, it's like the andor of star wars tv shows <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's gritty, it's like, a little more realistic. Nobody's got lightsabers or force powers. It's just yeah. dudes trying so, to get shit done. I never yeah. talked about it on the show, but the best in slot for this genre is a game called Battle Brothers, mm-hmm. which I bought, but I didn't really get into it. It's mercilessly hard, apparently. Mm-hmm. But War Tales is heavily based on Battle Brothers, if you want to look that up. it's it's There are like orcs and monsters in it, but generally the company you're playing are like a medieval brigand. You can't hire a wizard. Yeah. There's, there's no healers that sprinkle heal magic on you. Like, <laughs> it doesn't exist. So part of the fantasy of it is that it's like what if you actually, what if the three of us just had swords and we could, we'll kill people if people paid us and that was normal because it's medieval, you know, times. Right. And that's the game. So. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. Other excellent gaming experiences in 2022. So this is just a list of recommends uh, to recap the year. Gordian Quest. Agreed. Awesome card game. Yep. Stellar. A yep. lot of high, a lot of mix of a hybrid. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a hybrid of a lot of genres, but ultimately a card game. Super fun. Uh, which I'm just going to mention this one next. Midnight Suns is pretty much a lot like Gordian Quest. Midnight Suns was an excellent gaming experience. Uh, might make a top list a little later. Uh, Dark Tide was good, and Card Shark. Which oh yeah, I still have to yeah. get back to. But Card Shark is an inspiring uh, sort of game that takes its subject matter and does something unique with it and special. And it is absolutely aces. Of all no the weird uh, Devolver Digital things that came out this year, by far that is my favorite front runner. Love, I love Card that Shark. Game. It's very love cool. Card Shark. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, and my last category is games that have been painful to wait for throughout 2023, but I will absolutely buy them 100%. Yeah. Cuz it sucks waiting, all right? <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3, yeah. waiting forever. Diablo 4, waiting for freaking ever. Yeah. Since Reaper of Souls. Yeah. Space Marine 2, finally another yeah. Space Marine. <laughs> Woo! And Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Uh, Hell yeah. I'd probably buy a PlayStation 5 just for, to play that one game if it's an exclusive GG PlayStation. I Sony. thought I kept hearing that was that second thing was coming sooner, or it was more day and date for everybody who got it. PC, that is to say. Didn't Maybe. I, that? I hope so, we'll but see. I doubt it. I doubt, Sony, he who complains of Microsoft play, uh, 
What's Sony's last name? <laughs> Entertainment? Sony's last name? Sony, he who complains about Microsoft Entertainment. So, Sony Phillips. Sony Smith. Yeah, so for Sony Smith and Sony Phillips. They got together, had a baby, yep. called it PlayStation. Uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, I agree. All that, The whole list is uh, games I can't wait for this year. Oh, my gosh. Space Marine 2. Bring it. I'm ready. Uh, it's break time. We're going to take a break. When we come back after this break, we're going to answer some of your questions, basically listener patron categories. Uh, we'll we'll tackle a few of those. And then, if you've hung around this long, we pick our top three video games of 2022. I'm excited. Yep. We'll see if we match on any of these. Uh, that'll be after the break shortly. So come on back, you hear? Lake All right, we're run. back from our uh, lake run, and uh, we're ready for more of this here deal here on Core. Where the hell am I? Uh, we we need, I don't know, I feel like we need something big for our big top games of the year here. Oh, no, we're doing the listener well, thing Well, we're first. not there yet. But yeah, listener thing. So you, you guys got time to figure it out. These guys get, um, let's give them Thundercats. Thundercats. All right, they get the Thundercats theme um, for no good reason. Let's get right to it. Uh, these are some of the categories that uh, were suggested by some listeners. For example, Steam Deck Game of the Year. Uh, for me, that's an easy one. It's uh, The Witcher 3 uh, for that. I played a ton of that. Well, it's not a new game, though, so I don't think I can count it. Can it I count it? Doesn't matter. You doesn't just matter. It, it, you played it this year on your Steam Deck, which is from this year. I think it's all fine. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, the one I played the most is a, is weird. I played... Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Remastered. No, um, that's not weird at all. That's a good game. <laughs> I love that game, and I played a ton of it. I took it on my trip. I played it all summer and winter, and I really enjoyed that. So that was my pick. Do you guys... Uh, well, I know, John, you got a Steam Deck. Did you, what did you play yeah, the most? Yeah, I would go ahead and give it to probably the game that made me get a Steam Deck, oddly enough, and I would say the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Collection mm. works great on the Steam Deck. They did announce they're doing the Pixel Remaster for Switch, finally. Uh, Seems like a no-brainer that that should have happened, but up until that happens, Theme Deck's the only way to play it mobile, which is a great way to play those games, so... The yep. Pixel Remaster Collection would be what I want to play on Steam Deck. And this is maybe the year Bo ends up with the Steam Deck. We'll see. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? Man, he watched all that Game Awards. He talked over it, and they couldn't even send him a Steam Deck. <laughs> Those bastards. Well, uh, sure. Uh, there's another one here. Uh, lots of requests for games completed. Uh, what did Scott finish? X or Y? Game Scott oh, said yeah, he didn't. It's time. Um, it's this t- was the tally. most requested category. Everybody wants to know, ever since we made it a thing on this show, yeah. how many games did Scott beat? Did he finish finish Ghost of Tsushima like he said he would? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> well, this okay. has been a big, a big deal, a big sought after question. Did I say Tsushima this year? That I'd finish it this year. Was that yes, like, I, yeah. yeah, that's what so. started all of this. Okay, well, I failed miserably. Uh, although I'm pretty far in it, I'm probably eighty percent through that game, uh, both side content and main quest. So I'm actually not that far. I should probably just finish it. I do really like that game. I just get distracted. Um, but the games I finished this year were, uh, I I'd already finished the campaign technically, but I one hundred percented the nineteen fifth or sorry nineteen fifteen. The 2015 Mad Max game, open world game, I 100% of that this year. Also okay. very good on Steam Deck, by the way. Uh, and Cyberpunk, I beat that. 
and started fresh and beat it this year. So that was a start and finish in the same year. Only one point. Only a point. <laughs> yeah, I've still only lifted up one finger, so uh-huh. you know you're good. Um, There's no bonus points. I beat. Uh, oh, I beat other games. Uh, what other games did I beat? I've lost track. There's so many. Uh, what was the What was the one that I beat? We talked about it here on the show, and you guys said that doesn't count if you started it oh, years ago. Because you loaded it up. You yeah. hadn't played it in a long time. Yeah, yeah we're so gonna count that one. Yeah, I'll just give you a three. You're up to three. What was that anyway? It doesn't matter. I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, look. Do you have your Steam recap? Do you have Steam on? Oh, your, I have Steam here. I could look at that. Go to your recap. Okay. I mean, while probably... Scott looks at that, I I did do this. I did put together the list of games I beat in 2022. Uh, the list is as follows. Go. Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker. Final Fantasy V, Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy IX twice, Elden Ring, Cyberpunk 2077, Mass Effect, Vampire Survivors, Return of the Obra Dinn, The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, Mega Man X and Mega Man X2 from the Legacy Collection, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, Return to Monkey Island, As Dusk Falls, and As of Last Night... Marvel's Midnight Suns. Wow. Okay. Oh, nice. Hold on a second, though. Um, if oh, you can count all those Final Fantasy game. games, I played Drill Dozer, a GBA game from like 30 years ago, and I played that and beat it. It was 20 years ago or whatever it was. Okay. Remember Drill, Drill Dozer? So that counts. It didn't have to come out this year. No. No. Yeah, you can count that one. All right. I'm counting it then. How about... Um, uh, a lot of games that are permanently replayable. None of uh, let's see. Yeah, those don't count. Uh, uh, oh, was this year we played Final Fantasy VIII? Or no? Yeah. Oh, then I beat I, that. Not wait, Final what? Fantasy. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Resident Evil Eight. Uh, no, that was last year. Village was that last year? Yeah, that was last year. Damn it. Uh, hold on, I'm just looking at my list. Where do you do the recap? How do you find that? Uh, so go to the store page and just scroll until you find like a banner. Yeah, that says you, uh, your recap. Okay, I'm looking replay. Oh, Steam yeah, replay. Click it and then scroll. You'll have to scroll far down, but it says explore the games you played this year. It'll say grid view and grid view by month, so you can break it down by month or just look at all the titles. Okay, here we go. Check this out. V Rising. I played 28 sessions. Uh, uh, let's see. Games Wait, played. You didn't beat V Rising. No, no, I didn't beat it. I'm just looking at some of these numbers. Oh, you're just giving us your Steam recap. Yeah, right? I just want to see a couple of these. Like, for example, chill, chill, I chill played. In <laughs> June, yeah, he was ready to go for the throat there. I was like, what are you talking about? 2022, I played 293 Steam games. Doesn't mean yeah. I beat them, but. Oh, st- Hard Space Shipbreaker. I beat the story. I beat it. Okay, we're up to five yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Um, one of them, we're not sure what it is. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he beat it. Uh, he beat it, man. Let's see. I unlocked 568 achievements. Let's see. Your longest streak was 31 days. What does that mean? Every day. Uh, percentage of games you played that were new releases, 17. Oh, boy, this is interesting. 33. Uh, sorry, 17%. What? Okay. 33% of the games I played were... New games. Sixty percent were recentish games, and then seven percent classic. That's interesting. Okay. Um, I'm going to your games list. We're getting distracted. I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Find, I'm scrolling down here. Uh, Cyberpunk. Okay. 
Elder Scrolls Online. I played a bunch of that. My biggest month was June. I played a ton of games in June. I can't go through your list. We have 1,650 It's a lot, dude. I have 2,000-something if you look at the, the main list. Let's see. Okay, do, do I play more and more device? Yes, I played Windows, Mac OS, Steam Deck. Where does it, it say if I beat anything? It doesn't say. You just go through them and remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go through a game and don't remember, I bet you didn't finish. Oh, I beat Red Faction and Space Marine, but I've done that before, so it's a double uh, play yeah, them again. Sure. That's fine. That counts. That's fine. I yeah. counted a few you that took, I had beaten before. Okay. Yeah. Um, boy, so many of my games are like not Seven. those kind of games. Um, let's I mean, you're doing well. I think whoever was taking bets probably lost because it's higher than... What we would yeah. have expected. Oh, Assassin's Seven. Creed Odyssey. That's another one. I finished that. Eight. Eight. Uh, finally, because I think that's it. Let me just make sure. Yeah, I think you. I think that's about it for finished. Right. I played a lot of games. Finished that many. That's not a great. Oh, what's ratio. your t- tally, John? Uh, mine looks like nineteen. Okay. Well, right. the respectable eight. I think the way we talked, it made it sound like you finished two. I think eight. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite it's rated way G. Better than uh, thought. My rated G uh, Quentin Tarantino cut the respectable eight. That turned oh, out and the good point DJ Davis says in the chat room: any ROMs, anything in the ROM category? Oh, definitely. Um, well, one of those was Drill Dozer, but I did a. I played so many ROMs to completion. It's a lot of dip in, dip out going on for mm. play retro. Not finishing those, so I don't. I don't know if I can remember. There's maybe one or two. I got really far in, mainly because Nintendo didn't re-release it like they were planning, but got really far in Advance Wars 1. Um, then I lost my save. I am tempted to do that again, though. That game's so good. Anyway, I did play a lot of classic games this year. Um, you but might they don't have more games than I have. They don't track them on. Did, really? Is that true? Yeah. I, didn't, I, I, I don't play a lot of story-based campaigns. Um I don't either. Oh, I beat I Tavern. I finish Divinity. I beat Tavern Master, which, by the way, okay. says it is my first played game in 2022 was Tavern Master, and I beat, I played all that it had. So If it has an end state or like something you can measure as completion. Yes, because you've unlocked play. everything, and there's nothing else to unlock. Yeah, yeah. So, John, you should probably throw Vampire Survivors on there because you did everything. Yeah, that is true. true. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't on my list. So, um, but uh, you might have finished more than me. Like, I, I'm most of my games I played are literally early access games. Like, I think the only campaign games I played are Elden Ring and uh, Midnight Suns, which I haven't finished. Just means we have different play styles, you know. I guess Half Life Alex would count. I didn't for finished any of the other VR games though. I thought so, about like, it. I have two. I thought about playing a bunch of these. Oh, man, looking at this list makes me realize how much I want to play a bunch of these that I kind of just dipped into and then pulled out. Huh? Uh-huh. It's like an average that Saturday night. That is a night. method you can use. For it's one me- it is absolutely one method. Like I want to play oh, uh, Let's I've, Build a Zoo and more Deep Rock. Oh, man, so many games. I, f- I finished The Ascent this year, so that's three. Oh, right. That's right. I was going to ask um, you about that one. Yeah, I think that's I finished three, three like, in-state games this so year. So three, nine, and whatever John did, what'd you do? Uh, 19, okay. although I think we just got to 20 when Bo said put Vampire Survivors on. Yeah, there. you're a finisher. John's a finisher. <laughs> um, well, well done. There's that. How about most meaningful to us game of the year? For me, oh, meaningful. 
I mean, this should jump right at me, right? Most meaningful to us? Yeah, because if it's meaningful, the whole concept should be that, oh, yeah, you immediately have meaning when you think of it. It's like, oh, yeah, that game. Oh, yeah. Like, I guess to us core, like the three of us. I don't know, man. This year was the year of like, hey, guys, let's do some multiplayer. And we were pretty lax on the multiplayer. I miss you guys. Yeah, I miss that, too. Uh, okay, you know what? Count D&D. We wrapped up. We finished our D&D campaign. I so got yeah, it. Hard Space Heart Space Shipbreaker is my most meaningful game I played. I really like the story in that, and it left a dent in me. So, well, mine. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Do you have a game like that where it was like, oh man? I mean, um, Obra Dinn, probably I, for you, right? Obra Dinn was what I was gonna say. I saw chat say it's Final Fantasy fourteen, and honestly, that's probably correct. Um, I'll give Obra Dinn another shout out and just say that game stuck with me in a way. But I think the term meaningful means like. A re- personal resonance, and I think fourteen Final Fantasy fourteen was that for me this year. Uh, best meeting or on call game for me. It remind. Uh, I love that question. By the way, uh, that one for me remained um, uh, Loop Hero. I played that in almost every meeting I had this year because <laughs> it's so it's so easy to do that. It has shared saves, so I can play it anywhere. And I played it on my Mac when I would be in these meetings, and that game's still great. My 2021 game of the year is still still a game I play a lot today. I don't really have a lot of meetings or calls, yeah. but one point during the show this year, which is a form of call, while Bo was talking about Overwatch 2 or VR, I played Marvel Snap. Oh, nice. So Yeah, I was going to say Snap for me, but not because uh, on the show, like, actually in actual meetings, because yeah. it's on the phone, Yeah, and you can just whip one out and... Yeah, I think it was a you and Bo Overwatch Two discussion. I played Snap. <laughs> well, I play. Um, we haven't given a lot of talk to Overwatch Two, but I, I played that a lot this year. But for meetings, it's now shifting to World of Warcraft again because I'm playing that again. Yeah, like and we I, played more games than we're going to talk about today. It's really yeah. just the best, their favorite things of the year. Yeah, it's a, a look back on the very best. This one's a weird one. Biggest Scott tangent game. I don't really know what that means. I think that means like you decided to play fifty uh, survivors like games or a oh. hundred chore core games or every Monopoly game that was ever released. <laughs> um, Which I, one of your tangent games I get stands that. out? My for me, it's a genre, and it would be a, or a subgenre. I would say it was the forty k run I did on every possible forty k game that was out at the time. So I was trying them all. I did the strategy games, the the shooter games the space marines where i started playing that again i tried it all and the one that really jumped out at me as the one i wish i would have more time for is the one that's kind of civ like the gladius series yeah it's basically civ but you take away everything but the war part (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it plays it's a turn-based civ game but with tons of like 40k war it's really good um but yeah i I thought it was probably that uh let's see about uh best music's an interesting one yeah, John. I know you'll probably Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Probably. Mm, it's it's definitely yeah. It's a real contender. There's uh. a bunch of good music. <laughs> like I thought that the sequel to uh, oh, what's her name, uh, Aloy and her business. Can't think of the damn name. But Forbidden West. Uh, that had amazing music. But at the end of the year, the music I'm most blown away by. This is going to sound like normal and like lame, but it's this new World of Warcraft soundtrack is incredible. Incredible. I think it's the best work they've done maybe ever. 
That's how good it is. I played every expansion of that game. I've loved a lot of music. Boy, howdy, is the soundtrack awesome. It's fan-frickin-tastic. So I'm, I'm going to probably it give it to Return of the Oberdin. Oh, it does have cool music, doesn't it? It has really cool music. Like It has kind of the same melody played a bunch of different ways. And it, it just carries a lot of different emotions to it. Yeah. I, I really like the Oberdin soundtrack. Yeah. Um, that or Final Fantasy fourteen. Bo, do you have any music that was like, whoa? Uh, I think probably the most impactful music this year was Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, for its restraint, actually. Um, yeah, it was sparing, but when it did, it, it was... It was sparing, but when it did, it was haunting. Yeah. It was moving. It was... It, Beautiful and like the theme song when you go to log in to play, it made you like you were already wanting to play, but somehow you want to play more when you hear that menu music. And I'm like, shit, I'm gonna get Elden Ring. <laughs> like you're just like you know, yeah. It's like that moment when, you, when you're a kid and your mom's like, okay, you want an ice cream? And you're like, yes. And then you get the ice cream and you're shaking so bad because you're like, I'm about to put this ice cream in my mouth. Yeah. Damn. Elden Ring. I need I to, I, because I haven't played Ragnarok, I, I would like to just partly for that because I, I, the music you know, is now award-winning music from Beer McCrary, but that guy makes nothing bad. So I'm sure that's really good too. I'm sure good year great, for game but we've heard Viking shit before. Like, <laughs> we've heard lots of Viking shit before. You're right. You're Sorry. right. You're absolutely right. I can't judge. I haven't heard it, but you know, I'm. I just, yeah. There's like a hundred Viking games. I'm, I don't. I, how good could it be? There are many. I'm uh, skeptical. I but I can't provide an actual opinion because I didn't listen to it. So, um, snap menu music. You really like that? That was a <laughs> no worse. That was your favorite music. <laughs> just your favorite. Music I finally of all time. turned off the music and left the sound effects, and it made my snap experience significantly better. Really? I also set it to sixty frames per second, which I don't know why it was on thirty on my phone, yeah. but well, it's just it, it, it looks yeah. and sounds a lot better with oh, that yeah. music off. Yeah, we're all really not with it on like this. Man, what were they thinking? Yep, ship it. Awesome. Sounds great. I like it. I like it. So bad. Um, So bad. Let's see. This last one, game that should be a movie or television show. Let's do that one. Um, That I played this year. Actually, you know what? Uh, So I'll go from my disappointment, my unique disappointment in Elden Ring, but to say that I would kill for an Elden Ring movie or TV show. And I would want it to be understated and kind of quiet. Like, there's not a lot of talking in that game. But I I, I don't know how you translate that. you got to have a plot. you got to have characters and all that. But I just think that world would be really interesting in film. So, I don't know. Maybe it's the George R. R. Martin part of it. But Elden Ring for me. So, they didn't say it in relation to this topic, but they mentioned it. And I think I might be down with this. Metal Hellsinger. Oh, yeah, dude. That game's cool. Like, the intro to that, like, the art style, I was just like, man, this would be a kick-ass TV show. Just heavy metal music playing through the whole thing. Just a lot of ultra-violence and, like, demons and stuff. The style is cool. The character looks awesome. Like, I would watch a show uh, around Metal Health. Good call. That's a good one. Bo, you think we ought to have some music around... um 
Or no, a, t- a show around a what? Show. Oh, you know what? One of your VR Dyson things. Dyson Sphere program. Dyson Sphere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, let the dialogue be just like the game. Uh, that would be amazing. Uh, for like a game this year or something. Because I can think of lots of games from other years that I'm like, oh, yeah, like give me a Hades cartoon or, yeah, you know, but it doesn't count. Um, TV show? I don't know. It, this is the honest answer of what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, It's not really a video game, but I want to There Will Be Dungeons movie tv show video game i i, I want to bring your characters to more people around the world who do, who's um, kind of special i've got i figured out who can we want to cast as nash um because we talked about this a lot but i finally figured about it this out on our recap q a yep so this the show c on apple tv plus the where all the people are blind in the apocalyptic future it's very good and i like that show a lot but there's a character called timakti june who is this um called the uh, ghost hunter witch hunter whatever he's called but basically his job is to find the sighted because there are unusual versions of people who who are born with sight and he has to kill them or capture them and uh his arc changes a bunch but this actor who plays him in the way he's portrayed in that show is nash maggard to a t um he'd have to do a little more comedic bullshit but he could pull it off so so yeah if they did like a prime version of our anime the way they did for uh, critical role I want that guy to play me. Do his voice or do his live action. I don't care either one. I don't know his name. <laughs> well, it, I want to do Stanley's voice because I want a paycheck. Yeah, you want to get paid, yo. Yeah, give me a job. Yeah, I mean, ideally, it would be you. In my, in my dreams, it's you guys doing the voice. Yeah, that'd be cool. No one can do. You guys are iconic. I know it doesn't feel like it because, you know, our, our, we're not exactly the number one phenomenon across the internet, just being realistic. But to those who watched, we were special to them and you were all iconic in the characters you portrayed. And that would be my number one wish. Would be well, so was Johnson our, Nash Maggard. so was our DM. He was very iconic. He did things like this. Yeah. Hold on. Let me find a good one. Nope. That's a fart. Just a second. <laughs> this one. Captain, we're under attack. Under attack. <laughs> Although let me ask you this, Scott. Yeah. Every now and then, when you're playing high on life, yeah. does it remind you of being in our D&D campaign? Uh, a little. Yeah. Like, specifically, there is a character that just floats in front of you and spouts bullshit, and you can't shoot him, because if you try, he just teleports out of the way. He's like, teleported! Yeah. And then he just keeps telling you about, like... His life's problems and yeah, stuff yeah. while you're trying to run around and do an adventure. He's just like, so anyway, then my ex-wife came over and she said, and I'm just like, oh my God, I feel like I'm playing D&D It is again. a little like that, like, yeah. it is so It is so spot on to characters that Bo has created for that show. Yeah. That like, In some ways, oh, that it man. is maybe part of the reason I think I like the vibe of the game is it does, it feels impromptu. Mm-hmm. Like they're just winging it. Which I think he probably did in the studio when he's making lines. He's probably just winging it. But uh, Bo, Bo, this is my favorite thing you ever said. If you need anything, just yell, "Oh, f-. oh man!" Remember that? <laughs> that's wow, that's not what he. That's said. a ma- that's a mashup. <laughs> oh, that was an edit, was it? Oh, weird. Yeah, anyway. yeah. All right, we are now going to get to the big. Oh, you know what? I should have some cool lead up for this. I'm not prepared. Uh, how about uh, uh, let's see. No, that's boring. Uh, Okay, well, oh, hey, game of the year, core game of the year, everybody. These are our top Yay. three, top three games. I'll mention Pentiment one more time because that just deserves to be talked about, but it's not <laughs> my top three. Here are my top three. One of these is going to piss John off. That's okay. 
My third favorite game of the year that One I still play a ton. Piss me up. Yeah, Soulstone no, Survivors. I think a lot of these. Will. You think a lot of them will? Okay. Yeah, Soul... I, I think your list is flawed. It's a little. It's a little jacked. Soulstone Survivors. I played more of that than any of the other Soulstone or uh, uh, Survivor likes or whatever we're calling them. But also, I think it's just legitimately a good game, and I like its uh, its take on that thing. I think that is the one to watch. It's still in early access, so it doesn't quite you know count as a release game. But I really like Soulstone Survivors. That was my third favorite game of the year. Second one is going to blow everybody's mind because I hardly talk about it on here. But there's here's my category or my reason for choosing this. This was the year I found a game that when the entire family was over. All my kids, uh, my daughter's husband, friends, whatever. We broke this game out and had people on the floor dying, laughing. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, I take it back. Your list is only two thirds. Yeah, it's a (laughs) it's a family game, but not. But what's funny about it is it's not couch co op. It's one person's playing, but everyone else is just having a great time watching them play. And that game is you suck at parking, which is available on Game Pass. And I'm so glad it was because that was a little sleeper hit for us around here. And I love You Suck at Parking. The campaign is really fun and just rage-inducing. It reminds me of playing Super Meat Boy in the day. Just a really frustrating but fun and very satisfying when you pull stuff off game where you're driving this little tiny car around trying to get to these parking spaces within the right amount of time with the right amount of gas in your tank and avoiding giant obstacles like burning walls and spinning fans that are blowing you off the course and all this crazy stuff, uh, this three-quarter view thing. It is so much fun, and the multiplayer is insanity. Um, it even has a freaking battle pass like everything does now. Um, you Suck at Parking was the m- second most fun time I had with video games this year. Again, barely bring it up here, but it was a huge hit in the house, and it was hard to hard to deny. And the game is one- a cool game, yeah. and a fun one to stream, apparently. I checked it out. Someone was streaming it, and... Apparently, you can mess with people. Oh, yeah, big like time. It has a, and it has integration. has know, a good steamer, st- steamer, streamer mode. Yep. <laughs> steamer <laughs> mode. Yeah, that's the one. There is a demo on Steam chat. You're right about that. It's absolutely worth trying if you haven't checked it out. And, um, man, we were in tears the other night playing this game. So much fun. Uh, sometimes the simplest stuff. And number one is, uh, is, a, is as much a shock to me as it may be to other people when they hear this. But I cleared the campaign in in uh, World of Warcraft Dragonflight. I got to level 70. I'm now doing world content. And I'm having so much fun. I can't believe I'm saying this. This is my number one game of the year. I'm really I can't believe well. you're saying this. I feel like wow. this is recency bias. I think this is you <laughs> doing that thing that you accuse everybody of doing, which is forgetting January and February exists. Uh-huh. All because somebody new walked by in December. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. And I Damn. thought about this when I wrote this down. But I went back. I went through all my uh, playlists on everything I do. Steam, my Xbox stuff, my PlayStation stuff, Switch, all of it. Um, and I, I couldn't it, find anything I'm enjoying more than this. Now, yes, I am in the midst of it. It's still kind of the glow is now, right? And so, yes, that does have an effect for sure. But as in years past, it's once in a while, Warcraft envelops me and makes me want to do nothing else. That's happening right now. And I can't help but give it. I mean, when a game does that, what else are you looking for? Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. So I really like it. Um, It might just be that good, John. 
It might be. I don't know. I'm you still have... on my first quest on the Dragon Isles, and I have not felt the need to complete it. No, but you, you, might, you... might have memency bias. <laughs> because because we often make that joke of Scott, the best thing ever is the last thing he's played. Yeah. But um, he's also right. <laughs> I mean, he's been right about things. That's so true. That's dangerous. We, we Scott can't is just occasionally discount. just really right about Sometimes stuff. I'm right. But in this case... I, I, you know, I admit it's, I just don't know how I went from a month ago, just not caring to like fully in. I don't know how that happened. It just did. And John's partly to blame because he picked it up before I did and said some really positive things. And I went, that is oh, true. I, I opened the door for you. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, I'm worried, I'm worried I'm being a fool. It's, it might be a good time to play Dragonflight. I've thought about it a lot. And every time I get it. Look here. Let me tell you. Let me show you the last text from Chris. He says, uh, "He says you better make it your game of the year." We're not. <laughs> no, he doesn't anymore. say that. <laughs> His last thing to me was, "Merry Christmas to all the Johnsons." I, hey, I said, "Hey, same to the Metsons. Hope you guys are all doing well." I said, "Oh, and I ding seventy and uh, finished the main campaign to celebrate." And he says, "Oh, baby." <laughs> he says, "I'm grinding this Valdraken rep in ways I never thought I could." Um. And I'm doing it every day because I've got this. I want to keep this story going. He's in love with the story. So part of it is a little bit of friend bias. I have friends who are really back in and all in, and that's that helped coerce me. But now that I'm just playing, and I'm not, I haven't been grouping or anything. So it's that's not like what a, we do here. We're all friends, and we give friend bias to each other. So. Yeah, that's what we do. That's true. That's why I have half the games you guys named, despite not playing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, I just think that game's... <laughs> we make each other poor. That, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game is... And notice that I'm being hesitant about saying, I'm sure it's the greatest expansion ever. That usually needs... Some time has to pass. We have to see how the long tail goes, right? We That's part of an MMO. It isn't just this really tight hunk of, of 10 level content they made, which is almost always universally good despite whatever expansion it is. So this still has some proving to do, but boy, it starts strong and it just grabbed me in a way that I didn't expect. And I didn't think I gave a shit about Warcraft dragons or dragon lore. I was wrong. That story is good. There's some cool stuff in there. Anyway, I'm very excited to be uh, playing again, John, your top three of 2022. Let's do it. Uh, number three, Return to Monkey Island. Boo! Oh, just kidding. That's, I need to play that. <laughs> that's, oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> this game is, you know, this is a, a nostalgia trip for me, and it was as a game as well, um, because it was it's been a long time since a proper Monkey Island game came out, and this game knows it, and this game celebrates the series and its life. Uh, all while telling a new story and a story that felt relevant to me where I am in my life. Um, and it, it just was, it felt very personal. And it's not often you play a game and you sit back and you go, did they make this game just for me? Because it kind of feels like they just made this game for me. Mm. Um, but that's what this game felt like. It felt like, a, a oh, John likes the Monkey Island games. Let's make a Monkey Island game with a story that's relevant to him and put it out. And uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Nice. And for the little window where it came out, I just sort of forgot the world and forgot other games existed and played through the entire thing. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, it seems um, to be you are among many people who uh, rave about that game. 
Yeah, I need to just play the damn thing. Why am I not playing it? Good? I don't know. Because you played the detective story Chronicles. <laughs> You played a different adventure game. You were like, oh, everybody's playing that Monkey Island. What if I played? I did. You're right. That's a very good game, too, by the way. It deserves play. But 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 I do that sometimes. I don't know why I do this. I don't I can't explain this. You you show up and go vampire survivors. And I go, yes. But what about all the copycats? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I hear you. But what about other games that are like that it? are sort of like I don't know why I do that, but I do. I think it's probably Slay the Spire's fault. Yeah, a little bit. Because that yeah. thing, because oh. that's the best one, but it looks so ugly. I know it's so ugly. It's like, what if all these games are like that? <laughs> you got ugly art avoidance syndrome. That's true. I put Monster Train up with it, though. I don't know, not enough people put that next to Slay the Spire. Monster Train's awesome. Most, anyway, well, lots of great card games. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Return to Monkey Island number three. What do you got for number two? Number two is Elden Ring. Oh, I've heard. I I love the first Dark Souls game, and as a result, I always kind of thought, oh, I love From Software games, and then I proceeded to play a bunch of them and never really get into them in the same way I did Dark Souls, mm. and it kind of brought me back around to this idea of maybe I don't actually like From Software games, maybe I just like Dark Souls and that's all I like, and then this came along, and... It took what I liked about Dark Souls and put it in a formula where it just works so much better. Where when you hit those hurdles, it's not about just banging your head against the wall nonstop until you get past it. But like, oh, I can't fight this boss. All right, I'll go find something else to do. Mm. Like the shift to open world really enhanced that game. Um, in a wonderful way and it also looked good and there were so many secrets and and crazy things the amount of times i'd just be playing that game and all of a sudden it's just like i'm just riding let me go into this church and all of a sudden a lady bursts into fire and starts attacking me it's like why is this happening what's going on and it just was a, a joy to discover a joy to overcome the obstacles that it threw at me um Kind of like Monkey Island, like when Elden Ring came into my life, other games pretty much ceased to exist, and I just played it, and when I got done with it, I just wanted to play it again. Mm. Like, it was it was really crazy like that, and uh, by far one of one of my favorite games I've, I've ever played. Nice. This year. I mean, I'm a, it's funny, people say, you're not a Souls fan, what's wrong with you? I'm a From fan, because they're making that. Uh, they're making that Armored Core sequel, which I cannot freaking wait for. I'm a giant Armored Core fan, but it's not a Souls-like, so, you know, I think that's my problem. It's the Souls-likes. Sorry, everybody! Write your senators. Whatever. I don't like them. John does, though. Number two. Nicely done. Give us number one. Number one. Shouldn't surprise anybody at all, but let's talk about it, uh, because I finally have my platform to stand on for this game. (laughs) Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. What else was it going to be for my number one? Um, Final Fantasy XIV has been a journey I've been on for more than just this year um, that we've talked about on this show a lot. And Endwalker is an end. You know, there is easy to make an argument, well, you didn't finish that game or it's an MMO. It's going to live. It's going to live on. But Endwalker is the end. The end of many expansions and a lot of stories. 
And it is so hard to nail the landing of of an MMO mm-hmm. uh, or, or anything, honestly. It doesn't even need to be an MMO. It's so hard to nail the, the ending of a story, period. And uh, Endwalker was just this like crazy magical kind of experience of constantly being surprised. Um, you know, the, the game I thought I was going to get, I had experienced by about the halfway point of the expansion. Mm. And that's really impressive to be like, Wait a minute, what else is, what else is there? It's kind of like what Bo was saying earlier where it's like, yeah, I think I'm done with this. And you look and you're like, Oh, I'm only halfway through. What is this game? Um, they stuck the landing on this this crazy long journey, uh, which is insane to do. But also this year, they started a new journey, you know, in the patch content. And I had doubts. How do you go from what it was? How do you start that back up? And how do you recapture the magic? How do you take years of storytelling and lore building up to a moment and then go, all right, well, that's done. Let's start again and get people invested. And they did. And I'm all in on this new story. And I think the new story is amazing and incredible. And it's introducing new characters I already care about a great deal. And uh, it's really incredible what they've done with that game this year. So let me ask you this. Did the final bits of Endwalker finally, did did a giant calamity wipe out the the tiny little annoying people? And that's why it's a good game now? (laughs) The Lollafells? Yeah. Did that happen? No? Well, no. I, okay. No. That right. was in a Rome Reborn. Oh. <laughs> Did they get wiped What's out? What's better, gnomes or lalafells? They're lalafells. Like Warcraft gnomes? Lalafells. Yeah. And I don't like yeah. gnomes much either, but I really don't like lalafells. Even the name. Lalafells are better than gnomes. So oh. you'd punt a lalafell, but John would stand in the way. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I don't know why Scott is repping gnomes so hard. Lalafells, one, have normal voices. They aren't like, hi, everybody. Hi, <laughs> Zany. Look at my crazy invention. <laughs> oh, I made a helicopter. <laughs> Greetings, friend. Uh, there's some so of those. They there's don't some... have the annoying voice. No, it's almost worse because with. you'll see one that'll come trotting up with little arms out and his tiny feet, and then he'll go, I've seen much in my day. You're like, what the hell is that? Yeah, yeah. They mess with you. They're also, Lollafells are way more evil than gnomes. Yeah, they are in every political level, and they control everything. Yeah, if it, it, like it's it's shocking, the 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 pies that Lollafells have their hands in and the chaos they have caused. Is that dude still walking around with one on his shoulder? Is that still a thing? What's his name? Um, <laughs> he hasn't put her on his shoulder or in his on his arm for a while, but that's amazing. Okay. Like Lollafells ride on arms, gnomes don't. Yeah. I think it's well, whatever. And Mom's also, the, right on Robo chickens. That's pretty dope too. <laughs> that is dope. I give you that. <laughs> See, dope. Robo chickens are cool. Uh, all right. Uh, one little, not to ruin things, but Endwalker is a 2021 game, isn't it? Or am I? Uh, but I couldn't log in until 2022, <laughs> and also it came out so late. Um, okay. That, yeah. Uh, no. Fair. Fair. I. I'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll allow Thank that. You. Yeah, that makes me feel a whole lot better about this whole list. Oh, good. They had some major issues at launch. I, I recall. Nice. Well, yeah, they did. All right. Well um, argued. 
Now let's now let's lay the carpet before Bo's mighty feet. Uh, tell us your top three. Uh, okay, wait. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing? What's going on? Oh, it's that kid. Oh, oh uh, hey. Oh, um, my God. Uh, hey, uh, I'd like to thank Seek Henry Cavill for bringing us more Warhammer 40K. Get out of here, kid. What are you doing here? Yeah, who are you, You're kid? already ruined one Game Awards show. This is my time. Yeah, if you're at home, it's the it's oh. the kid. You know the kid. The kid. Yeah, He's I was invaded by a dark spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been waiting three hours for that bit. I hope you like <laughs> it. Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. Worth every uh, minute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was good, wasn't it? All yeah. right. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, my top three for 2022. So this list was kind of uh, kind of tough because I think I played three games released in 2022. So I didn't really have anything to cut off the list. <laughs> I don't count the and I don't count the EA games. I got into quite a few EA games this year. He means early, early access. access yeah. Early Anybody access. Anybody that gets confused yeah. like me and goes, "What is he talking?" Yeah, about? Yeah, not electronic. I realized it's in the game. Most of my game time was divided between Celasta, Divinity, modding Skyrim VR, and just VR games, which all were not released this year. They're all older. <laughs> And uh, then just early access. I was like, I actually only played three this year releases. So it makes me go. feel better about things real quick before you start, because it feels like this has, this was that year for me, too, where I played older stuff before I played newer stuff. I, I mean, there's so many games like yeah. you could just go to 2020 and be like, what are all the games I missed? And yeah. probably fill your year. Yeah, it's a good. Point. So, yeah, it's tough. Anyways, in the third position, Midnight Suns. Uh, I think I'm one or two missions away from finishing. I have the last character, um, but I, of course, I love doing side missions. This game shines bright in spite of its faults. I think if there are better games, I might give it because this genre they've created needs a bit more work. I would like to see... I don't love the invisible walls around the arena. I kind of like to see a little more verticality and tacticality and st- like there's just stuff I want more of but I think it's a really good start mm-hmm. but I really like this game it's deserving of the third spot on the list Midnight Suns I've talked about it a lot fantastic yeah. game. I was glad to get it here mentioned today we've talked so much the last few weeks it was I had yet to be on a list today so this is good glad it's, there. it's it, really it, really good it's it was just hard for me to find a place on my list for it but yeah. it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. It has stuff that needs to work out. The arenas could be better. I find um, it could have more enemy types. Like, it's pretty... Maybe I've just played it a lot and got my money's worth out of it already, but I just feel like there could be more. More is coming. And the writing really needs work. Like, I think they actually have talented writers. I think whoever's in charge of... De- it's the, the idea that I'm an incel and I need positive reinforcement from moral characters, you know, to be like, oh, you're a good friend. Like, I just... I don't, yeah, it's just not the tone. Maybe it works for kids, but it feels like a game for adults. And I just, I don't need that kind of reinforcement from Nico going, you're pretty swell. You th- that was, I liked watching a movie with you, you know? And, and I'm like, right. I just don't need this. Like, <laughs> I just chill, watch a movie and like, be cool. I, yeah. I kind of think of it as the writing is good, but the purpose for the writing is bad. Mm. Yeah. Like if yeah. you if you look at all the dialogue lined up and you go, well, what's the purpose for most of this? Like fluff, filler, and like that stuff is a lot of it. It's a lot of just like They're lucky the game itself is so good. And a lot about the game is so good, but if I you know like I refunded Wrath of the Righteous because the writing was bad. This is this is that level. The, like, and it's not the like you said, John. It's not the writing. It's like 
the aim of it all, which is, I feel like to give me pretend friends. I don't know. I just hate it. I, I hate it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not wrong. You know, like, I just, I don't like it. Like, please stop. Um, very cringe. Uh, my, my second favorite game that I played this year is Dark Tide. Uh, a lot of misgivings were expressed in the most disappointing games by John. I don't feel like he's wrong about any of them. Uh, the missing features at launch. Uh, game needs to be worked on. It's like feels like an early access game in some ways. However, I think the shooting is solid. The Left for Dead style mechanics are solid. I've had a lot of fun. I leveled two characters up to max level. I'm looking forward to getting back and playing more. It also feels like the most Warhammer game I've played, in spite of the fact that there's no Space Marines, in the sense that it, I get that feeling of, like, life sucks, and I'm only, and I don't fit in, and so I'm going to die, but I get to keep living as long as I burn heretics, and as soon as I stop being useful, I might as well be dead. Like, I, you just sort of get that depressing feeling, up to and including... Not being able to make pretty characters. There was like a thread I saw, I think it was in the Dark Tide forums or whatever, like people want their you know, their 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 girl hairstyle that's like the ponytail that's really popular so they can look like cool. But the ponytail one, it's like you got this massive bald spot that in there, like it looks nasty. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not this game. You you look like a reject, you are a reject. The game constantly reminds you your life is worthless. And I just love that. And like, it's a complete polar opposite of Midnight Suns, where it's like, you're Hunter, you're special. Let's all be friends. This game's like, screw you. <laughs> you suck. Shoot things or just die. And I love the tone. This game is fantastic. And I think, like it was said before, it will get better with time. I have a lot of faith that Fat Shark's going to make a decent game out of it yet. Nice. Yep. And uh, number one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Elden Ring. Oh, Elden Ring. Okay. <laughs> um, in spite of it being a bit of an easy game, uh, uh, Melania was hard, but it was mostly, uh, you know, an accessible, easy version of probably some of the other games. Uh, I'd say that unironically, there were bosses I fought killed the first time. At first it was hard, but, you know, you level. It's pretty easy hmm. except for the one boss yeah um i think i just think it was a I th okay here's the reason why it's the best game it brought a lot of people together in a communal way that i don't even think other from software games have this reached a pinnacle of solidarity amongst a lot of gamers not all of them but many of them um, you know, when I was play, I streamed the whole thing. It was fun to have people watch. It was fun to discuss people's, there's a lot of people having those experiences and discussing their strategies and ups and downs, which doesn't happen with a lot of games because there's so many releases and interests. It's, it's, I find it a rare thing and this game delivered on a community aspect, which I really liked. And, uh, it didn't hold your hand. And like I think I don't th I think it's good that we have games full of UI. I think we can have both, but there are definitely not a lot of games that have low UI and low uh, hints or just actual intended secrets. Probably stuff in there we still haven't figured out yet. And I really respect uh, what it accomplished. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was also I the most logged in for two months straight, but two hundred <coughs> hours felt like the most meme-worthy game. Certainly during its its high point of the year, there was just nonstop, which speaks to the communal part you were talking about. But just nonstop yeah. memes and gifs and videos and 
weird glitches and that's how you know a game has truly hit like stratosphere levels is when everybody everywhere is is talking about it, making fun of it, raving about it. Like I can't take lots that from memes, that game. Lots of good memes, people like shooting fireballs from a thousand meters mm-hmm. and one shotting an entire squad. Like there's lots of great memes that came out of it. Yeah. The let me let me solar the guy who helped people beat Melania with nothing but a diaper and a pot on and a pot on mm-hmm. his head. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there was just it's just undeniably it, it's undeniably the largest force in gaming, whether you like it or not. It had made the most impact over many many playgroups, and that's like not an you can't just will that into existence. No, that's a big phenomenon deal. this year, and yeah. and um, I, I still remember going remember. from playing it to immediately going to Bo's stream and being like Bo. They're nerfing the build. Yeah, nerfing right. The build. He tells me we the build. He tells about. me that, like the sweet build. Was it Horfrost? I think it was the Horfrost. Was the hammer with Horfrost? It was the axe, yeah, or something. Or it was an axe. There was some freezing mechanic, and so I was farming like those ugly dogs in uh, what Arizona? What, what's what land was that called? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, Arizona. Arizona is Arizona. Is <laughs> in Arizona, and and um, and then we couldn't do it effectively anymore, and I had to change up my strategy. People yeah. want to know what my build was. I was a uh, tanky shield guy with katanas main hand katana and i just uh and i'd hot swap to wolverine claws every now and then for fun and also for strategy john you should tell people that in the way they ask you what you do say i i farm ugly dogs in arizona that's what you should say yeah, that's what i do <laughs> yeah you're there so. gotta get that hoarfrost axe yeah that's where they come from i'm an ugly dog farmer in arizona yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. I so, you know Elden Ring. Yeah, I don't game. think anyone can take I mean, even where it's one of my more disappointing games of the year, it's not it's it's a me thing. And and I had all kinds of FOMO about how to feel about that game. I just never felt it the way you, everyone else did. Mm. But that I think yeah, that no, it's it's a massive success. Even the devs were like, Whoa, what? I mean, nobody I don't think anybody knew it was gonna be as big as it was. I mean, Godric alone, just the fact so many people that was their first from software game and the first boss just like annihilated them yeah. over and over. And people are like, yo, isn't the first boss supposed to be an introduction to mechanics? And from software is like, no, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, everything's surmountable because it's an RPG game. You can go level up. You practice at the mechanics. That was the other thing is a lot of games you come in already knowing stuff and that felt like there was a learning curve and I appreciated that. Yeah. Well, uh, I think well, well-deserved praise. Uh, let's now do the final thing of the day, which uh, is the last mashup Jamie has prepared. This includes, or I guess this is the one for me. Yeah, it's called the Coho Spotlight Special Scott Johnson edition for today, the 29th of December, 2022. And I don't have any idea what this is going to be. I don't know how any of this goes. I was tempted to check it out earlier. I didn't. Uh, so this is as new to me as it will be to you. So big thanks uh, once again to Jamie and to whoever this interest, probably <laughs> Liam again is my guess. Um, and uh, everybody for uh, helping him out with this stuff. Cause it's amazing. He, he, oh, like the oh, I've been looking forward to this. This is the, this is the call. It's December 29th. Yeah. This is what we're going out on. This yeah. is the culmination of a year with the Hall of Fame podcaster oh, and the boy. best tidbits that he contributed to this. That's show. right. I'm sure it's all perfect and, and normal. Here it is. Enjoy.
Scott Johnson. Fart and wiener jokes are both always funny. Uh, there's no L in both, by the way. Understand the elements of teabagging in video games. Obsessed with choco games where you do seemingly remedial tasks that have been gamified. Works the word cheese into as many sayings as is dwarvenly possible. And he won't stop talking about bloody V-Rising. Unlike Scott's proclivities towards video games, let's finish out the year with some of his most outlandish moments. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I think, um, I keep wanting to say Uncharted. What's it? What is it again? Dishonored. Dishonored! Shit! <laughs> <laughs> There's a horror game in here somebody made. Not horror. I found a horror. Not like that. I understood what you meant, and then you explained it, and I understood it less. <laughs> so, Master, my guy's name is Teddy Thunderhose. Or, sorry. Teddy Thunderhose. Thunderhose. <laughs> I like it. And it looks like a fair amount of stealth in that, which is my favorite thing of the, I uh, almost said Uncharted again. What is it again? Oh, my gosh. Dishonored. Dishonored. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Japanese guy with 100 hand slaps. What's his name? Uh, Jim Bob. E Honda. E Honda. There you go. Just come and come, and they come fast. That sounds great. How soon can I shove one up my anus? Your guy gets all breathy when he's pulling it out. You can hear him in his helmet going. <laughs> oh, his name is Tim Ben Bent Dick. No. <laughs> I also found yeah. a guy, another player in the game the other day named Creamy Armpit. That was fun. What kind of cream do you suppose? I'm thinking like cream of From chicken, ash? like the soup, you know, like the base soup that comes out in a big solid piece, like a cylinder. Yeah. Mm. Is the cream applied or is it sweated out through the pores? Oh, it's, uh, it's excreted through the pores. Mm. Yeah. I'm playing a game called, excuse me, Gas Station Simulator. Is that it? Was that the simulation? Uh, the burp is the review. Thing? Yeah, that's my yep. full review. I punched a cow in the nose once. I felt bad about it. I'll never do it. Really? Yeah. Was that real? It was a thing this neighbor guy who had a bunch of cows. What? He was... He, Crying, by the way, punched the cow. He thought it was real funny to like. He thought, this cow thought he was real cool. By the way, I punched the cow in the nose once. It's a real weird brag. Now I want Waluigi to bust into the room and catch Robert Pattinson smacking his wiener in the uh, lighthouse. That's from I see faces. the Swedish company that does furniture. Oh, uh, IKEA. Yeah, it's from IKEA. IKEA. The Swedish uh, place that does furniture. Is it Swedish? Yeah, no, IKEA. Kia is Swedish. They're humormous. Humormous? That's not a word. I made that up. <laughs> well, that, it's a Swedish word. Humormous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, humormous furniture. I don't know if that's a Swedish accent. <laughs> no, you nailed it right out of the gate. I'm going to Ikea for humormous furniture. <laughs> Yeah, you noob. I'm going to sit over your face and act like I'm putting my balls in your mouth. I'm a dude with my testicles. It's only a matter of time before somebody jams their man wiener in there. You want to touch my pee-pee? You want to touch my pee-pee? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything to you, bag of shit. You mean you don't want to touch my pee-pee? Stick the meat right in their face. Wave it around. Wave the meat in their <laughs> face. Of All context. of my dopium requests. Dopium? <laughs> dopium. Uh, I thought need... you meant it. It was so good. I thought I was like, yeah. I need more dopium. Opium crystals. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm looking at Ryu's wiener. Hold on. It's just him on the side going, and everything, you know, coming into his mouth. Anyway, he says he doesn't uh, work for a marketing firm called Ampere Analytics or anal Analysis, rather. <laughs> anal sis. Geez, Scott. Something about this one's really got me by the chode. <laughs> the start screen gave me a boner. That's wild. I had no idea that was a thing. That's amazing. And you know what? I came. 
Before V Rising got its freaking wow, thing. you were really it. excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant, what you know I meant what? to do. Okay, can you put that out? <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say so is. As a matter of fact, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> 900% of that was all out of context. He's good at that. Oh, I don't know about that. I tried that line and he, <laughs> I was reproached. Oh, my gosh. Successfully. So be careful with that line of argument with Jamie. Yeah, you got to be. You gotta. He has receipts. He's very good at what he does, though. Jamie, that was awesome. Thank you for a year of those. And I look forward to more in 2020. Yeah, it looks like a round of applause for Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Uh, you know, he just does these. We, <laughs> it's, it's our royal blessing that he that he does these and provides laughter for us and for you guys. Yeah, well. and I, him and Taz with his magazine thing and all you guys with your your stuff you do. You guys are all amazing. Thank you for contributing to what we do and are in the year of 2022. And I hope it continues in the next year. It's going to be a big year, man. All kinds of cool stuff. Diablo 4, freaking uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 will be real. Uh, and more more uh, testicles. More testicles for all. Testicles for all. But I do want to remind you that uh, this show is uh, really uh, paid for by you guys. Uh, we need your help. Patreon.com slash core show is where to do it. And if, uh, you know, if you've been on the fence, this will be a great year to do it because we got really cool stuff coming in your direction. But even today, you'll never get a commercial. You'll never have a month or a show without some pre-show content tacked in there. We did some of that today. There's other benefits you can read about over there at patreon.com slash core show. Don't forget to sign up for that computer. That's at frogpants.com slash doghouse. And tomorrow at 9 a.m. at this same Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash frogpants, we will be doing a live assembly of said machine. Uh, it's going to be very fun, plus a bunch of gifts and uh, giveaways and other junk during that stream as well. So do all of that. We'll pick our winner next episode of Core, which will be the first Core of 2023. Pretty good. All right. I'm not going to ask Grandma to read and tell us what we played, because that's a lot of games to read. Bad idea. Does Grandma just have something she wants to say to take us out or anything? Or What do you think of that? And you know what? I came. <laughs> Great. I feel like there should be something more to that, but I, but I like it. Uh, Bo, any final words you'd like to share before we go? Uh, I, I'm being invaded again. Oh no! Help. Oh my gosh! Are you going to keep I, I'm piling to on? See you over his shoulder. Are you going to? Are you going to keep putting stuff there all year, next year too? Yeah, Just, I think. I love it. I think people like this. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. Yeah, don't change it. It's a special treat for those who come and watch live, which we do every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, we always love to have you here, so come check us out. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Until next year and a brand new core, we'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. In a thousand years, I'll get right on it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.